That's what I'm saying, dude. What up, guys? We're live. Oh, hey. Glenn, this bitch. Episode 52. Welcome back to FMT. We're here with Gabe for round number two. Yeah. We got a special guest, and I know I promised you guys a beautiful Russian woman tonight. It's close which, enough. Uh, I'm very close to that. I got a pretty close replacement. Pretty close replacement. He's beautiful in my eyes. We got for us here tonight. We got all the way from all the way across the pond. From all the way across the pond. Yes. Even though you are American. I am American. You are American. <laughs> yeah. But I've lived in Northern Ireland the last three years, but made my way back home. So For the last three years? I lived in Northern Ireland for three years in my really? career. Yeah, it was one of those things where it was uh it was one of those things I couldn't turn down, you know. As as you get opportunities in life, I I always choose adventure. Of course, that was one where I had to say okay. Of course, this. that's like one of those like you're saying once in a lifetime opportunities. Yes, it's like I might not ever get this chance again. Exactly. I might not ever get to experience a different country for this amount of time. Yeah. Get paid to do so. Okay. I, I mean, I don't actually know the experience, but like <laughs> we'll from what I understand, about. from what Gabe's told me, and we'll get into that for sure. But uh, I wanted to ask you something. Irish accents. Are they the worst accent that there is? I would say there's there's different variations of Irish accents. There's, okay, give it to me. So there's the southern sort of Irish standard, you know, Dublin accent where you hear, you know, Conor McGregor out there. Okay. But, right. then, but then you go up north and then you get a bit more of a uh, kind of a, I would say even more brash sounding kind of a English British sound. I can't, I'm not great with accents. Okay. But what I'm saying is in Northern Ireland, there's a different accent. And then in Southern Ireland, really? they are, they're, um, they're interesting. Uh, they're beautiful at first, but then I think as an American, you go over there and you start kind of saying, okay, I want my accent back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah. We yeah. all know that we have the best accent. America's oh, the best yeah, accent. That's oh, just yeah, the way it is. We're Americans. Period. Yeah. We're Americans. We're the best. <laughs> Fuck all you guys. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but, but seriously. But, but, seriously. but really, like, <laughs> Irish accents, really, like, all, like, Irish, British, basically Scottish. any, like, Scot ah, Scottish, I, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, semi-okay with that accent, but those are the worst fucking accents, the dude. They don't ever finish their sentence. It's true. No sentence get finished. You sound like a pirate. It just no, drops off at the end. When you say, as an American, like, yes, or, like, yeah, that makes sense, yes, that's, that makes sense, they go... Uh, in Northern Ireland, they go, I, like a pirate, like, oh, I, oh, yeah. I, oh, You're I, like, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no. It's, it's like, no, that doesn't make fucking sense. No, what are you <laughs> talking, yourself, what are we saying? <laughs> so, yeah, pirate? you. it sounds sort of when you get there, it sounds like you are in a room with a bunch of pirates. Right, In some, in right. some sense. So, you're like, what is, what's going on here? I listen to this podcast yeah. that is uh, predominantly British. Yeah. And it's a podcast, so obviously, there's talking involved in a lot of it. And they're really eloquent speakers. Yes. Except for the accent. Mm. Their vocabulary is extensive. Proper. Mm. And they're super articulate. Yes. Until they start getting to talk fast, I can't keep up. I don't know what the fuck they're saying. I have no idea what's going yes. on. They probably the think the same thing. That's oh, the no. Thing is, the thing is, I when, you, when you, you don't know, know that, dude, you don't know that but is. we speak so clear and <laughs> yes. so they, perfect they, they, and they so the, same thing. the clarity not. of our accent. If we were to switch this and think about it from their perspective, an American accent is slow we speak we tend to speak slower yeah you're right or irish you're right. they tend to get bored because we are speaking slow <laughs> oh, oh really so they, like they literally yeah bit. they literally especially as you get to some of the um 
I don't want to say, but not so educated bunch of the okay. Irish, they tend to think that you need to speed up a bit or you're boring me. That's crazy. So really? as an American, I've learned to speed up my accent That's crazy. in no certain shit. situations where I need. So like I can right now I can speak like an Irish. This is their tempo, which they speak. So oh, for us, wow. you've got to keep, you've got to keep with their tempo. It's not about the accent. Sometimes it's about the tempo to keep their, their, um, That's their train of thought. So you were able to like sort of self analyze your accent and your cadence. Yes. And sort of change it to better communicate with who I was dealing with. And now was that to your surroundings. adapting? Right, we're right. chameleons, man. We're we're human beings. Let's, <laughs> right, let's, we gotta we gotta be able to I'm adapt. I'm a little bummed that you didn't come home with an accent. <laughs> with a Most people were leprechaun Most on your back or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? Were you? Did part of you want to develop an accent while you were over there? Part of me did. Part of me was like, this might be cool if I did develop an accent. But when, uh, but at the same time, for me, it's I don't want to lose track of being an American. I, right. you know, I was, I'm very proud of being an American. Of course. I think all of us should be. Yeah. I think we're seen as a, um, obviously good people going out there and do what we do. But what I'm saying is, I, I kind of wanted it just because I thought, you know what, it would be neat to be able to explore so, your highs. So yeah, yeah. Right. come back and have a golf game. Somebody just switch over to Irish sounding accent. People are just like, what the? <laughs> so yeah, no. But I, it would have been cool. Like it would have been, it would have been cool to do it. But I'm not sad that it didn't happen. Right. Uh, Let's yeah. be real. Like women love accents. Sure. No matter, especially I think American women, simple American yeah. women at that. <laughs> yes. I think they can easily fall for accents, depending like southern african accent sure. like a white boy from like south africa yeah with a beautiful accent yeah. i can respect that i can respect that you're gonna get the woman before i do i can For respect sure. that i know my place here and you have to think about it if you are in another country as an american your right. accent is a different one too oh so you yeah, might yeah. be seen as the exotic one well it's just like and it, that's different that goes with even in the states yeah. you know california oh, oh no, yeah you're, yeah, you're a california boy you know your accent like if it's different, it's different and it sounds states. somewhat decent and it's not a complete four ball sort of accent you're right gonna, you're going to attract attention for that yeah. accent True. just because it's completely different i mean that's like and it's my interesting thing. Uh, you know right even when i met my wife in ireland i you know she was like i really love your accent because it's very clear it's very on point okay and speaking with other irish women there some of them love it some of them hate it but it's all dependent on the person just like anything else but, and uh, you speak very well as well so like obviously she would be attracted to that like clearly you're not just some fucking dude that does not know how to speak at all i can tell <laughs> that from you just sitting down with you for two seconds uh, i can tell well, thank you but now is your wife is she irish this is a funny story my wife is actually slovenian okay got it but she moved to northern ireland in 2006 and she developed a northern irish accent as a slovenian native slovenian speaker well, so she's Slovenian with an Irish English accent. <laughs> I wish I would have known that before I talk shit about Irish accents. <laughs> no, it's completely, no, she knows it too. She knows it. She's fine with it. She's like, oh, I, some, oh, I hate this accent. Yeah. You know, well, she's completely yeah. fine with it. That's funny. What yeah. do you do for work? So I am. <laughs> what brought you to Ireland? Yeah. So what brought me to Ireland is uh, I was um, working for a chicken company. I'm not going to say the name, um, but I was working for a chicken company, and they we needed to. Um, well, we acquired another company company in Northern Ireland. So what that means is we basically said, okay, we need to buy the operations of a company. Okay. And when you do that, you there, when a U.S. company buys another company in Europe or wherever and, and you're publicly traded um, on the NASDAQ or some New York Stock Exchange, you need to have certain regulations in place for U.S. securities law. Okay. So I'm a U.S. securities law uh, specialist in finance. 
and we Jesus implemented, and we implemented things in Northern Ireland to ensure that what we were doing in Northern Ireland was going to be U.S. compliant really? for particular things. Because yeah. you guys were involved with that company that was in because Ireland. we were yes yes mm. uh, we acquired them. So if you acquire a company, they fall under your belt, and so once oh. the consolidation of that company comes in, it needs to be U.S. compliant, regardless so, of whether or not they're in a completely different country. Regardless, does because not matter because we are portraying our financials to the u.s public for investors really everything under that company needs to be u.s compliant that's interesting because when you look at companies like apple Mm -hmm. they outsource everything to china we all know foxconn we all know the horror stories of foxconn we all know the fucking nets around the building from people committing suicide on a daily fucking basis yeah no yeah I wonder how they get away with that because obviously the only reason why me and you can pay a thousand dollars for this beautiful phone is because they don't have as many regulations there as yep. far as environmental regulations go, as far as yes. any of the regulations go. So yes. I wonder why they can, why get, away they with can that. get away with that. And that's a great question. I think that's an ethical question of companies leadership. I think the, mm. it's, oh, so okay. to me, um, leaderships it's you can be so compliant in one thing but really it's it's about tone at the top it's about your leadership team your leadership team having a certain mantra the way they operate a business right and if you are going to cut corners ethically that is what you're going to get um out of that so as far as what we do in finance it doesn't really speak to the ethical concern because we're only Got concerned it. about the numbers running through systems of course. that are generated to effectively give investors the right information to make an informed decision on oh, what they should invest. So okay. the ethical concerns are another subject that I'm not an expert at. But that Got was something it. that is a sort of a tone at the top, I would say, um, thing that you should, you should – No, no, yeah. that makes, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. That Yeah. That is a fucking – that is something that I can never get past. But yeah. it's also something that is really weird because I can sit here and say that, like you're saying, ethically, I don't believe that that should be going on in China. No. But at the same time, you buy I'm it. still buying a product. You buy into it. And I'm still – not only am I buying one product, I'm buying all of their products. Absolutely. I'm supporting them tenfold. My whole my whole studio is set up around Apple. Yeah. And it's like even even knowing – yeah. how we are able to do this, why we're able to do this, it's kind of like, well, this is far enough away from me and I don't have to deal with it. It's not a part of my everyday, everyday life and I don't have to see it. I don't yeah. have to see the ramifications, nor does my family. Yeah. So, fuck it. I guess I'm going to go ahead and just buy. buy. I think you right now what we'll see is, I think, in my opinion, what we'll see, in the, at least hopefully in our lifetimes, we'll see a, a sort of a new ethical... Um, standpoint i think we as youngsters going into business we're concerned about sustainability we're concerned about going green we're concerned about our kids and we're concerned about our environment we're concerned about this and i think with that i think ethics sustainability go hand in hand and so that's something i i think you'll start seeing some stuff come about that is more ethically fine i mean you have you know these i'm not i'm not necessarily democratic but you've got joe biden coming in and saying we're going to break up all the all the monopolies. We're going to come in and we're going to basically give more power to the, to the little man because we do not want oligarch, you know, oligarchies coming in and running the shit. So basically, he's saying let's let's rip it all out. Let's let's break it up and let's do let's do this. So um, I think you'll start seeing that in some fashion across the group of companies that are big. I think I think you're going to start seeing fragmentation because people are we're just getting too big, and you're when right. you get too big, we're we're obviously efficient. We're cheap. But at the same time, we cut corners, we get, we learn something. It, it, you can start considering ethical concerns within that, yes. When it comes to Joe Biden, when it comes to his plans he's trying to implement, and when it comes to him trying to help 
Americans and trying <laughs> to help the working class <laughs> just to better America. Yeah. Like that doesn't sit well with me because I know it's not true. And no. I know, no. I know he's got completely different motives yeah. than the we would hope he has because he's a career politician and For because sure. of his track record. Sure. We look at his track record. We look at his numbers. We look at the facts on paper yeah. and the things that he has implemented as far as bills go and as far as like his past polit political track record, it just doesn't look good. No. It doesn't look good. So when I see him doing things like that, when I see him like trying to really go green and trying to implement and help the green new bill or whatever that bill was like, I'm like, ah, like, are you really doing that? Or are yeah. you trying to cut corners and get money to your shareholders and get money to the people you owe money to? Yeah. Like, is that what this is? In my opinion, I think Joe Biden is a puppet to a globalist agenda. I totally. think he is run by a bunch of Chinese and people that shouldn't be running America. No, I think I don't think you're far off. I think we have lost some sense of who we are and the world is seeing that the world loves America for what we do. <laughs> and uh, people that tell you that America isn't loved, I think are the people that are trying to pull slavery eyes because they want to, they, they just are worried that America is basically going to run too much stuff. But the thing about it is we help more people than any other country we in the do. world. We have the best universities in the world. That's why everybody comes to America yep. is because we've got really a great infrastructure. Including China. Leadership, including China. Chinese come over. Indians come over. They always and that's have. Not to, and that's not to say that, that I'm saying, America, fuck yeah, America's great. I'm just saying that is the situation. No, no. We help the world and do what we do. And we can't lose sight of who we are. Legitimately. I think you're right, though. I do. I, I truly think you're – and it, it's actually hard for me to say that and hard for me to admit that because yeah. it's not something that – as an American, it's not something that I want to admit. I don't mm. want to admit that like we've sort of lost our way and we've lost our values and we've yeah. sort of – maybe not as individuals, but as a country, I think we've sort of sold ourselves in a way because like prime example with Apple yeah. and things like that, we're – We've seen with the pandemic, we've yeah. seen how beholden we are to China yeah. as far as like vaccines go, as far as medicine goes, as far as what China says sort of go. look at look at what just happened with John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. Simple movie release. And it was as simple as John Cena. He recognized. Um, remind me, was it Taiwan or was it uh, Mandarin? No, was it fucking son of a bitch? I can't. I don't know how I'm forgetting this country. Mandarin. That's well. That's on a country, Trev. No, uh, the language that he spoke. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Where is that? Where is that? Uh, fuck. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But anyways, John Cena came out. He had recognized him as a country. China does not recognize him as a country. So immediately they're like, "Hey, we're gonna pull this movie." Period. Yeah, yeah. So this expected six million dollars you guys are gonna get from opening day in this country. You're fucked. And they're relying on that. So John Cena came out, gave this whole sorry speech to China that he didn't mean to recognize him as a country, spoke in their language. And it was like, it was really fucking creepy. It was yeah. really fucking weird. And it was like, what are we doing? It means yeah. because he called Taiwan a country. Taiwan. Fuck right. yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Trev. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if I snapped at your ass over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I... We'll, we'll get off of this subject. I'm sorry for the listeners. <laughs> no, it's a little tangent, but it's, a, it's, it's a great, it's great. I think it's good for the listeners to know, you know, that there's a, 
there's I think there's an undertow in America that we are that we should put America first, and that's not going away anytime soon. And uh, that's something that from from me and my kids, and my family, always always push. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think like we were saying with indivi- with individuals and with like your household and your family, that is the only thing you truly have control over. Absolutely. And the way you raise your children, the way you and structure your family. I would say people that don't like a certain way or think that America is going the wrong, you know, the wrong path or if they think that Americans are too whatever they think we're assholes yeah. or whatever we're too conservative or take down the statues whatever. I would say go to different countries, explore a different country from that perspective and then come back home and realize what we are because a lot of people get complacent in everyday American life and they don't see from an outside point of view how good it is to be here and be home and doing what we're doing and the freedom that we have. Right. A lot of people that travel say that. A lot of people that have been to many different places around the world and have got to see it, especially have, are fortunate to see a ton of different living conditions yeah, yeah and a ton of different ways governments control their people yeah. and what true oppression is yeah they come back to america and are like you guys have no idea what you're talking about exactly. you've been here since birth yeah. you've seen nothing but this you know nothing but this yes and that's myself too you know yeah. i'm in the same boat i have not been outside the country yeah I haven't got to see these things. I have a different perspective because I've taken the time to educate myself. I've Absolutely. taken the time to learn and like yeah. truly understand how good we do have in America, yes. how bad off other people are outside yeah. of America, yeah. why we do the things we do as Americans, yeah. um, as America as a country, why we are helping other people, why when the bills came out for stimulus relief, other countries were included in that. Yeah. Do I agree with that? <laughs> Not necessarily, especially not in a time of need and especially not when there was so many, there was so much money going to places it shouldn't be going and not necessarily even saying it shouldn't be going to different countries, but going to different people within America that didn't fucking deserve it, going to (laughs) slimy little fucks that didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I see shit like that, it's like, okay, well, is that money even going to a different country for a good cause or are you fucking paying somebody off in a different country for no fucking reason? You know, it's. It's that shit that bothers me. Absolutely. It's that shit that bothers me. But, you know, like I said, like as a middle class American, what the fuck do we do about that? Besides vote locally, vote within your state politics. Like that's really the only it thing starts, you can do. It starts small. Yeah. You yeah, got to right. your grassroots. You got to start small. You got to obviously teach your family the right things and have the best group of friends you can and be the best person you can be around those group of friends, which is sort of what Gabe and I have been together. You know, we he married my sister right and he's my brother-in-law and we've always lived that you know help each other out no matter what kind of thing and that's how we do it and that's it starts small and i think that that's what we need to propagate rather than living in a i'm not going to say get off your phones get off social media but sometimes put that phone down go help a friend man do something kind right live a life that you when you die you want people to remember say that guy was fucking awesome that's what i think you know you choose your own vision and what that is right it's, you're not going to get where you need to go by scrolling through pages. You're going to get there Very by true. doing. You're going to get there by doing something for somebody else and how you make somebody else feel. Experiencing life. Yeah. Developing yeah. real life experiences. Going Absolutely. going through adversity, daily yeah. adversity, putting yeah. yourself through trials and struggles, yeah. overcoming those trials and struggles. Adventure. That that builds you. Like that creates your personality. Yeah. That is how you. Like, uh, basically, how you form your own belief system. Yeah. Instead of like 
oh, well, this is how I was taught. This is what I was raised on. These are the values and morals I was raised on. My parents believe this over here, so so do I. Yeah. All of these things that you experience on a daily basis sort of build who you are. Yeah. And I think the only way you can get that is through experience and time Absolutely. and maturity as well. Yeah. And you don't get that on social media like you're saying. No, no. You're not going to get that by liking people's posts. Or you're not going to get that by people liking your post. You're going right. to get that by getting out there and doing something that literally is intrinsic to who we are as humans. Right. And whether that's literally helping somebody out with a Jeep, you know, landscaping somebody's yard, or telling them what I, you know, I think you need to put some freaking polyurethane fucking foam in your wall because there's a hole in it. It's just simple things. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just simple yeah. things that people forget about that I think um, we uh, we need to stay connected with. That's, that's a fucking true American fucking way to think. You know what I mean? It really, it truly is. Yeah. It's a human way to think. Yeah, it's, it's a human, human way to human. think. Yeah, exactly. That, it begs a good question though. Like you're saying with social media, it begs a good question. Do you think there's enough adults currently, there's enough parents rather, do you think there's enough parents currently that understand that are bringing in a core belief system into the household? We do this. We live by this. This is what's important. Don't pay attention to this over here because you're going to – our children, my child. Yes. Our children are going to have a very difficult time growing up in the social media age. Yeah. We got really lucky because we came in Just halfway, before. half out, you know, like yeah. we we're sort of coming into it. We didn't really grab a hold of it, even though as adults now we're sort of we really grabbed a hold of it, whether it yeah. be having a smart house or really on social media tough every fucking day. Yeah. But that's something I am concerned about because yeah. like I said, I'm a little bit different. I'm a little bit different because I did grow up in a little bit different of an area in an era. I grew up half in half out. So I understand how important that is to base my household, not solely around social media, not solely around what society is thinking of you. Yeah. How you have to look, how you have to walk, how you have to think. Yeah. Do you think there's enough, adults enough parents out there that are going to understand that same thing take the time to educate themselves enough to instill these beliefs into their children um for me uh from my point of view the simple answer is no i think with current day-to-day -day life i think people are very busy as anybody else is Fuck yeah. and in that busyness of the chaos of life i think people are flying by the seat of their pants with social media habits with their kids I mean, think about it. You as a kid, I, I don't know if you had Nintendo. It's a similar yeah. thing. The parents, you know, you just go play Nintendo whenever you're bored. Let's go on social media now. It's it's something where I think parents, as a parent, you need to take responsibility and you need to basically tell your kid, this is what I, you know, you have a certain hour to do certain things. But at seven o'clock at night, we're, we're, plug, we're, we're taking, we're coming off the internet, the interwebs. Right. We're, right. we're going out, we're, we're blackout here. Let's, right. let's, let's play a board game. Let's do something a bit more as a family. Unit. I think those are the types of things we need to reinstill back. Um, call me a radical conservative, or what, but <laughs> honestly, I think we need to have a bit more balance in how we show our kids how to be sustainable in the use of technology. So it doesn't run them. We right. run it. And that's where I think um, we need to be very right. There needs to be more thought in that. I think what's scary that. about kids now is they don't know how to, they don't know anything else. You know what I mean? Like, like you were saying, being on that halfway point, we, we grew up without that. Yeah. And then we were introduced to that halfway through. So we, we, we can have that balance. It's harder for kids now. You know, you guys are even kids that are even 12 or 13. Or yeah. You know, it's like, 
they don't necessarily know what it's like to not have that. So it's harder for them to break that. Like that's all totally, they know. Totally. Like, totally. Well, this, this is it. You know, like for us, like you said, it's Nintendo, it's, it's video games. That was our, yeah. that was our social media, our freaking right, zone right, out. Right. And you know, even back then it was like, dang, dang kids in their video games, you right. know, like yeah. now even, it's like their phones and their social media, like that's their life. Like that's how they live. Like, like when you're brought up in that and it's from literally the day you come home, your parents are giving you the phone like, yeah, here, play with this. Like, keep yourself entertained. Eve, I'm even guilty of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though me and Brooke really try hard, like no phone. You're yeah. you're one and a half years old. <laughs> she is so fucking smart. Yeah. And she wants, she knows, she gets it. Oh, she yeah. understands. She's yeah. brilliant. Oh, yeah. And it's like, we have to make a conscious effort on a daily basis to be like, no, you're not playing with the phone. Right. You're not play-. And then she throws a fit. And it's like, wow, yeah. already the yeah. attachment to yeah. this electronic device exactly. is so real, exactly. even though you have no understanding of what this is, yep. but it's so real. Absolutely. And it's like, imagine that, except for the parents don't do that. No. Except for the parents aren't recognizing, or if this is 10 years ago, or if this is five years ago, maybe we didn't quite understand the effects of social media. We didn't quite understand the effects of technology as a whole. Yep. So within that five-year time, within that eight-year time span, we do have a better, a better understanding. These children are five to eight to seven, six, 10 years old. Well, it's fucking too late now because yeah. from the day they came home, this is what they've known. Right. How the fuck are you going to stop how this you, now? It's like, how do you teach an old dog new tricks? And that's something where I think, you know, in that, that's a, it's a parenting question. Yeah. And it's a schooling totally. and it's an education. It's, it's grassroots. That's something we've yeah. got to get out better. We've got to do a better job as adults and as parents and getting our kids to detach from things. I mean, in my household, uh, we, d- we don't have phone phones. Obviously, it go off at around seven, eight. And they go on to into a different room. We do not really? have phones in anybody's room. Uh, we barely have clocks in the house. <laughs> For my, we we don't let time run us. We run time. I mean, we're 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 humans. We can we can we can wake up when we need to wake right. up. Um, so for me, it's it, getting back to the point though. It's it's grassroots. It's education. It's it's parenting, and it's doing that the right way. And it's prioritizing that over. It's just like I guess sex ed, or just like any other education yeah. you have with a kid. Yeah, it needs no, to be social. Totally your social, your interaction with the web internet, that all needs to be talked about. It all needs to be discussed on what is appropriate and what isn't. Right. Um, and, there's, and there's true benefits from the, from the internet as well, because I do find it difficult to sit here and like bag on fucking <laughs> on technology and the internet, because at the same time, I do love it. Yeah. I do love it. And if, it, if not for the internet, none of this exists. Absolutely. Us having this conversation maybe doesn't exist in this manner. You know, yeah. maybe we don't sit down and have a conversation for multiple hours at a time, which that's a little bit different because this form, this form is a little bit better. We're talking about issues. We're talking about real life things. We're talking about parenting. We're talking about real shit. We're having real conversation. We're practicing the lost art of conversation <laughs> or what will eventually become a lost art because yeah. conversation truly is an art and yeah. truly is when you discover conversation and what it can lead to and the doors it can open for you. Yeah. Like that is fucking incredible. And I don't think there's enough stock put on it today. No, no I, I mean, I was walking through, I mean, I go, I fly a lot because I fly internationally to Ireland, obviously. UK yeah. And yeah. Stuff, and I was just kind of blown away at just, I was locked down obviously in UK for some time, just like a lot of us were, which was an interesting conversation. I'll uh, yeah. I'll I want to get later. into that. But going through the, airport and getting home and then going and picking up my son from Ireland and bring him back here. I noticed that you look around you these days, just have, if you just put your phone down and just right. detach from where you are, 
nine time out of 10, there's going to be everybody, literally everybody you look at is on their phone or they're just completely shut out to the world around them. Their world is that box. Yeah. And that's fine if that makes them happy. I'm not going to dog that. Yeah. But at the same time, somebody that's looking at that box, do you realize that they're are human interactions <laughs> to be had and experiences to be had around you besides in that box. And, and amazing ones. There are amazing ones w- which we could be missing out on. Big we time. could be learning something from somebody else in real time. Right. Human interaction. That's just around the big you. one. Yes. That's the big one because back to the internet thing, there's so much to learn. Yeah. As long as you're learning, the majority <laughs> of people aren't. No, the majority no. of people are just fucking intaking garbage. Gobbledygook, yeah. And yeah. something that that and that that piece resonates with me unlike anything else because literally my second job or my third job next to being a parent and next to having a full-time job yeah. that brings in the fucking money yeah. is this podcast and what comes along with that podcast is social media and social media it's been it's been a giant learning curve for me trying to trying to not let it control me and not let it control my family time, my family time, not let it control the time I'm spending with my daughter because there, there is so much of the day that I have to spend editing or engaging on social media or making posts or researching. And I slowly started to realize like, oh my God, all I'm intaking is this bullshit because the only thing I'm paying attention to is how can I get more followers? How can I get more likes? How can I get more engagement, more views? How can I get push my podcast further? Yeah. Before I knew it, I wasn't listening to educational podcasts anymore. Mm. I wasn't doing any research to better myself anymore. Yeah. I had put aside my recovery with addiction. Yeah. I'd put aside my mental health. I'd put aside my education on like, how do I become a better speaker? How do I sort of, you know, how do I widen my vocabulary? How do I become a better version of myself? And I was like, oh my God, like everything I had learned sort of fucking backslid all because of social media. Yeah. It's like, does everybody know this is happening? Does everybody know this is going on? It's sort of a veil that's thrown over you, isn't it? Big time. And people, I think what that veil is, it's somewhat like a, in my opinion, it's like a a drug in a sense you get you're getting immediate result of something you the have, dopamine you have, especially the dopamine effect it hits you hard people and they get that dopamine effect i think in their brain they constantly yeah. need it more 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 Definitely. more and people don't realize that Mm-mm. they they're just mm-hmm. going about their day-to-day and they immediately they wake up in the morning they've got to pop up yep. their phone to see what kind of likes or see what kind of interaction they've been right. getting out so that one that they need to realize that there is a, a, a potential addiction in that and two Easily. how do you control that to a point where it's useful for you and your family and that's where it, it, it's a it's an it's an understanding of that and so um i've completely detached a lot from social media i think i've got whatsapp i've got a group of friends on whatsapp i've got my really? cell phone and i operate very I'm, I'm, i operate internationally off that i don't do any instagram or facebook my businesses do that because I was told by my SEO guy to do it. Of course, yeah. But I anybody <laughs> running SEO yeah, is going to yeah. tell you that. For He's sure. like, just set it up and do that. And of I'm like, course, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, it sounds good. But ultimately speaking, I can get where I need to go with just a, a simple text message. Yeah. And um, so it's for me, it's worked, and it's been clearing. It's been rejuvenating I because I just don't have to hear the mess all day. <laughs> I bet constantly. So that to me is something where, uh, it, and to each his own. Obviously, if you like that. 
great. And if you keep, you know, doing that, just understand that potentially it's, it's like any addiction. You could be addicted to something it, and it's possible. You have to understand quickly, that. It's just like, yeah. Quickly. So. And it's, I used to think one of the easiest and probably most widespread addictions was obesity mm, and yeah. the addiction to food and sugar until I realized that this because unlike food, food is not sitting in your fucking pocket all day. Food <laughs> yeah, is not man. at your disposal. <laughs> hey, man, Napoleon died. I mean, in a perfect world. <laughs> I mean, unless you're me, unless you're me, you do it. I'm <laughs> snacking all day. But I used to think that until I, I really, uh, truthfully, until recently, truthfully, until and this revelation that I had had really just came over the last few weeks because. I would try to have a conversation specifically on the podcast and words weren't coming to me as easily as they used to. Yeah. And it's weird because education was not instilled in me. Uh, I, I can't really say that. Okay. So basic education was instilled in me as a child, not, not furthering my education by any means. Um, my mother wasn't really, she was a single mother. She was trying to raise three children (laughs) and, you know, just doing it by herself. That wasn't a priority. Uh, Eating every day, making sure the bills are paid. That was more of a priority until it wasn't, but that's a different story. (laughs) And so, you know, education wasn't really instilled in us as a child. So it's taking me a while to get to that point myself and realize how important it is and realize how many doors it can open. Yeah. So when I started to see that backslide, the little bit of progress I had made, mm. I realized how port- important it was. Sure. But something I did want to talk to you about was COVID in the UK, COVID <laughs> in COVID in uh, Ireland in particular. Sure. What was that like? Was it extreme? Was it worse than the United States? And speaking with, um, just talking with my friends like Gabe and stuff in, in U.S., it was much worse in the U.K. Um, obviously, when the pandemic hit, it hit U.K. before it hit the U.S., right. obviously, because it was Europe, yep. you know, obviously China, Europe, U.K., Ireland. We had the, US. wasn't it European strain and China strain? That, those yeah, were the two those different two main COVID, ones, the, alpha, okay, yeah. the alpha strain. Right, 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 right. Okay. So, yeah, it was in Northern Ireland. Um, they're already in, in U.K., they're already a socialist, socialist type people. So, basically, what that means is, you're super right. into government. You want, you, I mean, you just need the government to take care. Of, I mean, they've got free health care. Right. They've got an NHS. There. They, they do. They do implement certain socialist ideals. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Exactly. In that, literally, the mentality in UK was protect the NHS. Oh, really? Protect free health care because of oh. all of the, yeah, because basically they didn't want, because it's free health care. They don't, they, they can't afford it because basically the government is, is taking Subsidized, on a huge amount. Of course, yeah. Super subsidized. Yeah. So basically the mentality was protect NHS. And oh. in that protection of the national health and health service there, yeah. um, they installed these programs of social distancing early in work immediately. I mean, in the company that I was working with, they literally had a COVID task force at the executive leadership, Shut daily calls. Up. Literally, what we were talking about is putting um, um, sort of the heat sensors as, as employees walked in the door so that they weren't overheat, you right. know, so they could see if they've got temperatures. Right. It was immediate and fast, and it literally wow. didn't stop. It was almost like we had a takeover of um, some globalist world power that said, you need to do this immediately. No and shit. so it was a complete, yeah, it literally, in you March, a, I was in about early to say. March, it hit, early March 2020 in UK. It was as earlier than the US, I think, at yeah. the time. It hit, 
And basically, I got called into it. We're, we, we, we're, there's a COVID task force. You need to now set up your team of 60 plus individuals to operate remotely at the drop of a hat. Shut the fuck we up. Were corp- we were sitting in a bunch of seats, literally, like maybe four times this room. Yeah. And we, were, we had 60 of us in there and said, okay, guys, go home, basically. Huh? I, I just, I don't want to brag, but I just got into the corner office as, as literally my dream. I got to the corner Jesus. office and I got ripped out of the corner office uh. and said, go work from home. And this was a home, I did, you know, it's something I, I don't like working from home. And that's something that no. I had to do immediately, create a remote workforce. And uh, we, we had to work from home immediately. Wow. As of March, early March, we started working from home, like overnight. We had to update so, all of our systems, update all of our processes, have new meeting structure. It was a complete oh over my God. HR stuff. It was a complete what a fucking crazy nightmare. overhaul. So thing. literally yeah. within like one week, figure it the fuck out. Yeah, basically. Basically. Oh yeah. my lord. Yeah. And it was it was it was intense. <laughs> wow. I'll have to say that. That's the only word I can say. It quite, was intense. Quite a bit more intense in America, or at least what we experienced here, because yeah. like I said throughout the entire pandemic and still currently mm. The, the little pocket of California that we are in, the super, super Republican pocket that we're in in California, <laughs> handled so much differently than it was anywhere else across the United States, specifically in California, especially in California. So we were sort of standing by like, hey, guys, we've been working this entire time. Thank God. Yes. Thank God our company was able to stay open. We actually barely cut days. Thank God. Yeah. Did we suffer a little bit? Yes. Not even close to as much as other people did. We were very fortunate. But we never wore masks as far as at work, yeah. uh, you know, going into stores, whatever. Uh, we had to, whatever. Yeah. But we ha- we got to stand by and watch the rest of the world go through all of this. And we were like, I guess we're good. Like, I guess yeah. we're okay. And that was in the beginning. And we were all sort of like, I don't know what's going on. Like, Nobody knows what the fuck is going on, and we were sort of in <laughs> that limbo told. mode for months. Yeah. So it's crazy to hear that, like, oh, it was fast, like, and overnight. You guys implemented so many extreme policies, is really what they were. Oh yeah, the UK government they um, they obviously had their like whatever their weekly talks with government, parliament, and they were yeah literally they their risk assessment was we basically immediately need to work from home. If you can work from home, do it now. And figure it out, basically. And, Damn, and no, and kids don't, we're not going to have kids go to school right, either. Right, right. And figure that out, too, with kids at home, working from home, figure that out as well. Right. And uh, so me being in a different country than U.S., <laughs> operating in that, I'm like, I was completely out of my element. I was thinking, why did I come here to do what I'm doing? If I'm working from home, I could have done this from the U.S. <laughs> so therefore, now I am working in the U.S. doing what I was supposed to be doing. So it was actually a, an eye-opener for the company that has right. some positive. Because right. now... I'm working and doing the same thing for international type operations from the U.S. Okay, so you are still with this company, and you're like, yeah. "Hey guys, we don't need to be here anymore. Exactly. I can be in America. I can, I can be, be with in my family. Dubai. I can be in Zimbabwe. Really? Okay. okay. Doesn't matter. It. I can be in a van and what that has Wi-Fi at Yosemite National right. Park as oh long as I'm able to tap God, into Wi-Fi. Awesome. That's, I can do what I need to do. That is so fucking awesome. Dude. That's the dream, right? That's the dream job for me. I mean, but the, at some point, yes. But I think we do need to keep track that humans need to get out of their house because yeah. you can work all day from your house and right. you can be like, oh, this is great. I don't have to go anywhere. I have to spend money on gas. There's still human interaction you need to have with friends, family, 
anybody else. You just cannot work all day from your house. That's, that's the beauty of people that think that. So there's always two sides to the coin, obviously, but that for me, it's the dream job. So long as you balance it with getting out of the house and enjoying time with your friends. Human interaction is the most crucial part of being a human. I realized that at a super young age, I realized that my sophomore year in high school, uh, junior beginning of junior year in high school due to, I was a fuck up in high school. So obviously in order to graduate high school, I went on homeschool. So going on homeschool, I went to school once a week for two hours. I got my test done. I left. The rest of the time I was free to do whatever the fuck I wanted. It was an open book test. (laughs) I didn't have any homework during the week. So it was free reign. So realistically, I was basically out of high school at the beginning of my junior year. Yeah. So I was wilding the fuck out. (laughs) Also, isolating myself, extremely isolating myself. I was in a toxic environment, violent home. So I was always gone, always by myself. And I learned and I I was angry. I was always fucking angry. And, And being young and being immature and being uneducated on mental health, being uneducated on trauma. You don't understand what's happening. All you know is you're angry. Yeah. And I sort of, and I sort of understood even at that age, even without any help and even without anybody like, Hey, this is what's going on with you. I, I was able to grasp onto some sort of like, Oh, like this is not good for me. Being alone all the time is not good for me. I actually need this high school. I, I need high school. I need to be around people. I need to be socializing with different girls. I need to be, I need to be figuring out social cues where my place is in the like, like the totem pole, the yeah. totem pole, you know, <laughs> where I'm at. Am I a nerd? Am I a fucking like, am <laughs> yeah. I part of the popular group? Yeah. Like you need as much as people don't want to believe it, you need to be bullied. Mm. You need to figure out like, you know, your place. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you, that's your first introduction to figuring out the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with that. And I think that as anybody you need in order to figure out your place, just like any company or just like anybody that is marketing their company, you need to have a personal mantra. Yeah. What do you live for? For me, You know, I live for bringing hope and light to everybody I surround myself with. And then it, it drops down. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to live here. I'm going to have this job. I'm going to do this X, Y, and Z. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to fill out this form. I'm going to take this class. I'm going to get this mentor. I'm going to do, okay. how are they going to do that? Well, I'm going to drive for this. So literally, okay, so you break everything down. You, you get a hierarchy of your, of your, it's like a pyramid, right? What's your top level goal? My top level goal is I want to be, like I just said, but you can make up your own, of whatever you want. And then how do you track into that? And that you basically make steps into it like a pyramid. And it's top level, medium level, low level. And then you operate of your low level stuff. And all of a sudden those start going away and you have your medium level ones and those are still kind of working. And then you get your top level and all of a sudden you are where you want to be. Of course. And that is, to me, that's where you are finding success. You're being bold. You're doing, you start aligning with the universe and doing what you really enjoy and really empower other people around you to right. do. It's, it's all about how, it's not about you though. It's about how can you help people as well do that? And that's one of those things. And it's a really, that's a really good way to think. And not only, not only not living for yourself, yeah. living for other people or not, not just because that doesn't sound right, but living to help other people, living to 
educate other people, to guide other people, to yeah. lead other people, which I know you do. And I, and it's very evident to me, just listening to the way you talk about things, that you are a leader. Because listening to the words, the choice words that you use rather than other words, <laughs> obviously it's clear that you're a leader. But that is important. That's so important. And that goes back to the instant gratification thing. Yes. That is a long-term goal. That's a long-term yes. plan. Yes. That is not overnight. That takes a lot of work. Yes. That takes a lot of, that takes focus. I think the quote they say is it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Patience. Yeah. And I think, you know, you put the work in and 10, people are like, yeah, to the 10,000 yeah. hours, like everybody says, yeah. you become an expert at what you do. And all of a sudden you're, you know, lights come on and it, epiphany happens right. and it works. And in order to get there though, you have to have a plan. You, you've got to target your low level tasks, medium and high level goals. Yeah. And then you start chipping away each day. You have your little chart in front of you. Literally, I have an Excel file because I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally have the Excel. I have a tab on my Excel and I literally look at that file and it's just my pyramid of what I need to do in order to get where I need to go. It's important writing things down. Yeah. As I get older, I realize how important journaling is. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the journaling. It's not, it's not that. It's not that. It's what, what are you writing down? Yeah. How important is that to your life? Like paying attention to what is going on the paper yeah. and not thinking about what you're putting on the paper. Are these things going on the paper like emotions? Yeah. Are they goals? Are they things that you want to happen? Are they things that should have happened before? Are they like, are they regrets? Like all of these things are really important. I didn't understand that. Yeah. And then like you're saying, like writing out a goal, yeah. writing out visualization, like, visualization. Exactly. I didn't understand that until I got into therapy and he's like, dude, just fucking try it. Yeah, like yeah. you're, you're missing the point. Yeah. So now I have three whiteboards in my office yeah. in, in my house of an office, in my house with three fucking whiteboards. Yeah. I have a financial whiteboard. Yeah. These are my fucking goal for my finances. These are my goals for the podcast. This is what I need to handle for social media. This is how I'm going to get there. This is how I'm going to implement this. This is what I need daily mm -hmm. in order to reach my goal. Yes. All of that is, these are important reminders for me because like you said earlier, Life is fucking busy. It is. Like, it is. So it's you hard. Need to, you need to clear. You need to clear the. Uh, I don't know. To clear the smoke or clear the room. Find out what you want and get after it. I mean, it's simple as that, but it's cheesy, whatever. But no, it ultimately no. comes down to um, making sure you're not being squirreling to certain things that yep. are the noise of the day. Yep. You need to have a clear path. That is your path, and, uh, and you, need to, you need to stick with it. I think so. For me, like any addiction, um, those obviously take you away. From yeah. those paths. I mean, I, don't, get me, about to don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll drink a beer with Gabe, but we're doing that now. We're drinking, we're drinking a beer right now. But drugs, drugs are awesome. It's like, so, but it, it's, it's controlled and it's something that you, you want to obviously do just to socialize and hang out. But I think, um, just like social media, it's use the internet, use your devices, use whatever you have to benefit your top level goal. And yep. is that aligned with your hierarchy? If the question, if the answer is no, rethink what you're doing right. and re and just have different habits and that's that's it and it comes down to that and if we were to be taught that if if there was an importance <laughs> placed on that at a young age absolutely we might have less people that suffer from addiction yeah. and then realize within their addiction that this isn't the route i want to go prime yeah. example myself yeah with within my addiction i realized like oh these are these are distracting me from the goals and at the time, I didn't really have any. I just knew I wanted to be the best dad I could, provide the best life for my family that I could, yeah. and be the best employee or the best, 
at whatever it is that I was doing. Those were really the only goals I had. And those were personal values. Can, like, can I say one values. thing? Can I say one thing there? That, yeah. That is a, what a lot of people do. And I think you're going to, you're about to say you're going to learn from this because the thing is you cannot have, well, when I say your trophy mentality, I call it the trophy mentality. You are in it for that trophy. Yeah. You cannot be in it for the trophy. You've got to right. be in it right. for the journey and the practice and be ready to be able to achieve at right. a level at which you can get trophies. Exactly. You need to teach yourself. You need to be constant lear- constantly learning, constantly being better. What, I mean, what do they say? Like LeBron James wins like a freaking NBA, whatever. I don't even, I'm not a sports guy. But Me fucking either. Yeah, wins whatever. And the next day he's, he's out there. He's like, okay, great. I, I celebrated. What's he doing? He's back in the gym. Exactly. He's doing his thing. I mean, that's to me, that's cool. I mean, you could apply it to whatever you're doing. You know, whatever your goal is, you shouldn't be men- mentally situated to say, I just want the trophy. Give no. me the fucking trophy. It'll never work. You'll never, you're, you have the wrong, you're, you're thinking about it wrong. You, you have to never, be ready to, be pro- to perform at a championship level at all times. If you're going into something, particularly for money, whether it's for money or it's for women yeah. or power, not going to get, yeah, it's, you're never going to reach your goal and maybe where that might, the exception of the rule might be like the stock market, maybe the stock market, maybe (laughs) Bitcoin, these overnight successes, but those are short lived and those drop and they are very unstable and unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good spot to take a break. You guys want to take a break real quick? Very serious here. Maybe we should. (laughs) No, no, no. I fucking love it, dude. I love it. Let's take a quick break. All right, cool. What up, guys? We're back in. I don't remember where we left off, but it also doesn't matter. But I wanted to address something, and we briefly were talking about this off air during our uh, short break for you guys. It was snap of a fucking finger. But I wanted to address something for the listeners. This podcast is, like I've said before, going to take quite a different turn over the course of like starting now really like really realistically starting now i want this podcast to grow i want this podcast to reach as many people as possible and in order to do that i have to make content that's going to resonate with people to the best of my ability i have to get guests on that are also going to do the same thing and to push my agenda really is what it is. I mean, it's a positive one, but you know, it is one. Um, and with that being said, I do want to let everybody know that this podcast and our bullshit and our comedy and our fun fucking times, that's still going to happen. Obviously it's not going to be a solely like educational because I'm a fucking moron. Let's get that out of the way. I'm an idiot. So we're still going to have fun. We're still going to fucking laugh. We're still going to get wild with it. But per, primarily, we're going to have business owners on, local business owners, and surrounding area business owners. This podcast, the direction that we are going is going to be centered around local business owners uh, coming on the podcast, sort of promoting their business, promoting their story, and maybe not even solely business owners, just creators in general, uh, whether it be artists, whether it be podcasters, whether it be YouTubers, whether you just have an online store on fucking Instagram for clothing or for fucking shoes, whatever it is, I want to push that. I want to get that out. I want to hear about that. I want to support that. I want to give people a platform locally that don't have it otherwise. 
which will in return grow my platform. And that's sort of kind of what we've been talking about during this podcast, having a goal that isn't self-centered, having a goal that is your intent is to help other people. And in return, also benefiting yourself. And with that being said, I know I've I briefly gave you guys a little like snippet of the name being changed. And Friday Night Therapy is no longer going to be around anymore. It'll still it'll still live in infamy, you know. It'll always be like what started the podcast. But I think the name we've decided on, and maybe I can get your guys' opinion on this. I'm fucking live on the podcast right now. First time, first time, first time anybody's ever been hearing this. My co-host isn't even here. He's out of the country. Yeah. Producers here though. And guests are here, so what better fucking time than right now? All right. So I don't even know if they're on this The name of the podcast that I'm almost 100% set on is Let Me Hear It. How do you guys feel about that? No, Let I think... Hear. Let me hear it. Let me hear what you have to promote. Let me hear what you have to say. Let me hear your perspective. Let me hear the business that you're trying to promote. Let me hear your story. Now, how I convey, let me hear it as a logo, that's on me. That's on me to let people understand what I'm trying to get across, you know? But Friday Night Therapy is not conveying what What? we're doing on this podcast. I know that. Let me hear it. Let me hear what you have to say about about let me hear it. I think, you know, you got to consider the aspect of what people are. So let me hear it. YouTube has got fucking... You know, basically people are, YouTube is that channel for people to say, let me hear it. But what I think you are, Austin, is I think you are a type of individual that isn't about to say, oh, you say, I think you can pull it out of people. Right. So you have to be. It's my job. That's your job. You're you're the conduit to pull out what you think your listeners are going to want to hear from that person. So let me hear it is great but is there is there something in it that you can say i'm pulling it out of you right i don't know how to answer that but do you you get what i'm saying no totally because that's funny you say that my co-host literally two weeks ago sat here and said the same fucking thing it's like you can you can get people it's it's one thing to listen to somebody talk but to get somebody to talk yeah right that is the art form and what you are doing exactly exactly let me hear it is i'm not let me talk it out of you yeah let me pull it out of you or or uh rip it out of you or or let me just (laughs) shake it out of you or something totally totally so let me hear it isn't quite getting to what what i believe that your potential is no you're right you're right that's why i was like all right let me fucking bring it up on the podcast <laughs> so it's, well, I mean, how ironic is it? all right let me hear what you have to say exactly about, let me hear it. And that's yeah. where that came from is <laughs> because like about, let me hear it. Yeah. when we're talking when we're like especially on like a hot button subject or me and brandon which is my co-host we disagree quite often which mm. is why he does so well on the show because he's not mm. just gonna yes man me yeah, he's not just gonna fucking sit here and bullshit me some of the time he agrees with me, but he fucking doesn't give it to me. He just fucking, (laughs) he just still fucking argues with me, but I need that, you know? So what I always say to him or say to whoever else is on is like, all right, let me hear your perspective. Like, let me hear it. Let me hear what you got to say. Yeah. So that's where that idea came from. But I think you're right. I think that there is 
I don't know if it quite conveys what I'm trying to get across. If some, if the listener sees that, yeah. if they're going to think that right yeah. away, yeah. if they're going to think that because yeah. that's what's important. Yeah. With that being said, now the listeners know, you guys fucking know, and that's just going to grow the podcast even more. I wouldn't worry so much about your name at this point right now. What I would do is focus on what you're, what you want to give to your listeners and, yeah. that, and that's what you will convey and what you already do. Right. And so even if it's just your name and who you are, that mm. to me is there's credibility in just who you are, Austin. Mm, that's a good point. So to me, your personal brand is almost just as important, if not more important your podcast name hmm. personal branding so to right, me, you right. certainly podcasts can have names like of anything course. any podcast has a name but at the same time you're so you know we're, we're starting off grassroots here yeah your name this you're growing your your personal brand yeah is what you're doing yeah often. literally starting from literally don't, nobody don't you don't need to hide behind any name of sorts you just need to be who you are no and you're drive right it and drive that you're right. That, that's a really good point. I think I, for, I think that's easily forgettable yes. because of all the smoke and mirrors and the light show that oh, goes on on Instagram. Oh, right. Grand high therapy, this and that. It's like, that's perceived value. What is true value in what oh, you're giving? And it's, that, it's, I think, equates to growth. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking to people that have, that want to learn something, want to, want to have, want to laugh. But it's not always about the name of the podcast. Yeah. It's going to be, who you are and right. what they tune into. They always know the link to go. The name of it is not going to drive a million followers. Right. It's the content in which you create. You're totally right. You're totally right. And it's, like I said, so easy to forget that. It's so easy to forget that when, one, you're not educated in the subject at all. <laughs> so you're like, oh, I got to focus on all this other shit. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. back to like life is busy sometimes. <laughs> That applies when you're starting a brand, you're starting like a business per se, you know, yeah, because yeah. in reality, sort of what this is, yeah. you, it, it, it is an avenue to make money if that's the direction you take it, if that's how far you take it. So, I mean, it could be considered a business. A lot of people do consider it a business. I'm glad I brought it up. This is why I fucking brought it up. Mm. This is why I brought it up. Thank mm. you. I appreciate that. I do. I think I think it gets back to though Gabe's point. I was watching one of the podcasts earlier quickly, and I think um, just giving people and Gabe brought up a really good point in one of his things. He said, uh, "You know, I don't want to be the douchebag or the fucker that basically doesn't want to help people. Yeah. Like, I always want. Yeah. I think that's who, in a sense, what you're yeah. doing here. Is yeah. You want to be the help, but it's it's from a different standpoint. It's definitely it's from a podcast point of view. It's mm -hmm. from a listener point of view. What can you do to help? So I think that's what you're doing. And um, let me hear it. Certainly gets there that's fine but yeah but really it's it's let's let's have the conversation let's create the content let's right. do the right let's let's build a true value in what people want to hear like let's uh, cut the fucking bullshit yeah here. all the lights smoking mirrors and, and light doing? shows <laughs> you can just take true value point. Yeah. slogan dude just yeah. true value yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just steal it from them yeah, steal their true. fucking logo yeah, get a, yeah, a yeah, cease yeah, and desist <laughs> anything i say you can take i'm not i'm i'm, I'm a free thinker let <laughs> let information let things be free and, right, and makes right. the world a better place so um trev yeah. can you give us a current event you guys want to we we do current events on this show Let's get a current event in this bitch. What do we got going on today? What do we got going on in the world? What fucking juicy shit do we got going oh, on? Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So, you guys are familiar with Kanye West, correct? Never of heard course. of him. Of course. Of course. What 
<laughs> you're, you're joking. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I don't. I, you're you're kidding, correct? I don't know. Do you think I'm kidding? I think you're. You better be kidding. You better be kidding. I don't know. I don't know if Gabe's kidding. Yeah, I'm fucking kidding. Gabe. Okay, okay, okay. So he's a, he's a chef, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great reference. That was a great reference to the last podcast. Uh, <laughs> when I thought Bobby Fillet, what, what was it? What was it? Bobby, Bobby yeah, Boucher, well, Bobby Boucher, oh, Bobby Boucher, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Boucher. I no. thought it was Bobby Flay. I was, I don't fucking know movies. Which dude. is funny yeah, that his last name is Flay. Right, right. <laughs> That's ironic. I, I don't fucking know movies, dude. I'm a, I'm, I suck at movies. Yeah. So Kanye West is once again teasing an album. He was supposed to drop it blah, probably a week ago. It's nothing new for Kanye West over the course of the last four albums. Same fucking shit to build anticipation for the album. It's it's fucking, you know, it's a method as old as time. Everybody fucking does that. Kanye West is known for that. This time, instead of a small listening party, which is what he typically does, and I know this is may, might be out of your wheelhouse, might not, as far as hip-hop goes and that sort of thing. I don't know if you listen to hip-hop or... Yeah, I listen, I listen to hip hop. I get I get down with some hip hop. I mean, okay, cool. I can I can I can, I can, I can jam so you on know, it. We come from the same musical background. Okay, so. got yeah. it. All yeah. right, then so, that um, tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Kanye's listening parties are usually pretty exclusive to friends and family, to popular people, social media influencers, rappers, whatever. This time, he decided he was going to fill up an entire fucking stadium <laughs> for the Donda release listening party. Well, what in the fuck is on his face? So, so this is also how he showed up. And for listeners, <laughs> we are currently looking at a picture of Kanye West dressing a full red jumpsuit of a sort, but except for the jumpsuit is a giant puffy jacket, puffy red pants, this leather looking material with uh, pantyhose over his face to fuck? apparently disguise his appearance. <laughs> One would think it's to disguise his appearance while or he's in the crowd. you could just normal fucking clothes. And maybe <laughs> yeah. that would help. Yeah, and the problem with this is when he went on stage, wore the same thing. It's like, what are you doing? So Kanye has a insane reputation. Dude, it looks like an orange... Pla- uh, plastic fucking 55-gallon no, trash bag. I, I feel like he should be He's picking that. Yeah. It's like pumpkin. it's like one of those bags you'd see on the uh, side of the freeway, like a juvie kid, <laughs> like a juvie yeah. kid, yeah. Yeah. Where, where he, like a juvenile delinquent kid, like cleaning <laughs> cleaning up on the side of the freeway. Exactly, that's exactly I mean, what it is. Known for this kind of wacky shit. He so. is, dude. He eccentric is does not explain Kanye West. He is brilliant in a lot of ways, and some would say a genius as. Musically genius uh, and sometimes genius are a little unorthodox. Sometimes genius, uh, you know, most people think, or uh, the idea at least, I wouldn't say most people, but the idea behind geniuses is nine times out of ten they're insane. (laughs) Because you can't be a genius unless you're fucking insane and so different than the rest of fucking society. And that's how you got there in the first place. That's how you were able to come up with these wild ass ideas in the first place. So is this him here? Yes, this is him in the middle of a stadium in a white covered. The the floor is completely covered in white. 
Nobody has any idea why. So is this? There's nothing. But, there's no. There's nothing we, else going on besides him no, doing this. No. So hold on. This is even the craziest part. That's what's so wild about this. So not only is he standing in the middle of the stadium, there's absolutely nothing else in the stadium besides white plastic. I don't know what the fuck it is. Whatever it is, him and his microphone in the pantyhose still. <laughs> Thousands of people surrounding him. And they listened to the entire album. The whole thing. The whole thing. And they these people knew that this and, is what they're getting yeah, into. Yeah, and, and this is what these people wanted because Kanye West, every time he drops an album, it is a giant deal. And unlike every other artist in the world, it will be a giant deal for the next week. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Music nowadays, if you get if if you're a giant deal for more than ten hours, that's a big deal. Like that is it's honestly like you've made it. You know, you you made your mark. So he stood out here the whole the whole the whole, the whole time. Out, so I mean, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it, it's it's kind of a cool thing. It's Kanye West. Yeah. It's 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 to be expected from Kanye West. So not only did he do this, but this is something that is happening on multiple different days. So he's having listening parties. Uh, for multiple different days throughout the week, he decided, for whatever fucking reason, that he was going to call the arena. Hey, I'm Kanye West. This is what's fucking happening. Also, make room for me to stay there for a week. I'm going to live at your arena for a week in the basement. Uh, I'm also going to bring a chef. I'm going to set up a studio there, set up a bedroom. They're like, what are you talking about? This isn't a hotel. Yeah. This isn't a fucking hotel. I don't give a fuck who you are. Did they say they accept yeah, that? They said, okay. they said okay. They said okay. Trev, do you have the picture of him uh of his little of his little room? What that's where he's staying, fuck? dude. He's got a little TV for listeners. He's got a little TV. He's got a twin size mattress and he's got his clothes on the ground. Apparently he didn't bring a change of clothes. He's been wearing the same thing multiple fucking well, times. I don't. What was the point of him staying there? Nobody has nobody any idea. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Nobody has any idea. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Yeah. What the fuck? Like when you I mean, see all, this, what, me, what is the first thing that comes to your head? If it's a first, stunt to me. First thing, stunt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First thing that comes to my head is the guy is great at what he does, yes. and I think he's trying to take his artistry or his his passion to the next level and sort of like the, for me, it's like a Marilyn Manson effect. You do Ooh, something yeah. completely outrageous. It he's gets attention. Trying to trend. And he's trend. And he's basically trying t- to me, he's building attention for his brand or whatever he is personally. Yeah. And he's doing something that would cause a stir. He's getting back to his floor being on. I bet you his house is a mansion, but he's wanting to say, I can be out of my house. I don't need all these nice things. I can live in one room. I can have a, whatever pantyhose over my face and be my right. and my voice be blocked i can be in a, a weird colored outfit and i could still be who i like am because nobody. my art my art is still speaking what it is For regardless itself. of how i look or where i live that's a great point that, that's a What's really good perspective the name of the album donda so that's his what, mother's donda? name his late that's his late mother's name yeah oh. and his mother actually died from plastic surgery so the story behind that is she wanted like a she wanted to get a bunch of shit done at once. Mm. In order to do that, you have to go under for a long amount of time, like for extended for extended period of time. That increases your chances of dying. Obviously, mm. the longer you're under, everybody has chances of dying while they're under. Shh, the, many doctors said that they wouldn't do it. She found one that would do it. 
They put her under for a fucking crazy amount of time. Did her tits. Did her. Did a whole face. Did her fucking ass. I'm sure. Did a bunch of things. She died. Never mm. came out. Of she it. died. She never came out of it. And Jeez. it's crazy unfortunate. And this happened. This happened quite a few years ago. But so I, I'm getting like so he named the album after his mom. This album has been a long time coming for Kanye fans. Me personally, I have his music has never resonated with me. He's an amazing producer. He's produced a lot of music for a lot of different people. That's never really resonated with me. But I can respect what he does as a business. So mm. his business being fashion, his business being sneakers. I have personally paid outlandish amounts of money for not only his clothing that's shredded to fucking pieces when that was in style, and he's who popularized oversized clothing. He's who popularized chunky sneakers, you know, Yeezys um, and that sort of thing. He created what is now known today as the Yeezy effect, and that sort of bled out into a ton of other like business ventures like oh let's create the easy effect let's create exclusive like uh merchandise or content and market it in a specific way create uh, a want for it and make it limited yeah he's brilliant for that he's brilliant and he's also brilliant for taking things such as the grunge look which came from kurt cobain everybody knows that everybody knows the like preppy grunge look that Kurt Cobain oversized look he took that he modernized it he made millions and millions of dollars off of it he's done that with different looks throughout the years so me personally I am in fucking I'm a crazy fan of that because fashion resonates with me I love that shit that I fucking always have it just some people fucking love that. Some people don't. How do I look grunge? <laughs> 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 yeah, well, grunge was a weird that's time, sad dude. That that is yeah. like a thing on Google. Like grunge, that, grunge. That's, po- that's a popular thing to look up. It's, grunge was a weird time, and it's still around. You know, it's it still alive and well in parts. I think that's a great perspective. I think looking at it as a piece of art, rather, and obviously the main purpose behind. Anything he does is publicity, anything. Yeah. But to look at it like this is sh- showcasing him as an artist, <laughs> him standing in this bright red reflective-ish outfit in the middle of a white stadium, n- nothing like it's been done before, no. especially just for a listening party. And he's the only one in the field, never been done before, never, <laughs> ever. That's a great perspective. So they all, uh, they all showed up knowing that they were coming to listen to his album. Is that uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all are there for that reason. And then he just aimlessly walking around the crowd with pantyhose on. So his they face. actually didn't know that he was going to do that. Yeah, that's I believe how he got into the stadium because he's in the basement. Maybe there wasn't. An, I don't know. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to walk to the crowd. I don't give Pretty a fuck. Sure, Michael Jackson pulled off that look a while back. Really? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Can you look that, that up for a show? Red, maybe a red thriller. thriller? Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. He pulled off the all red for sure. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if the gloves as well, but never the face. Hmm. Never the like, face. Never the face never mask the, or the the, the, the uh, blocking my face. Live right. uh, facial distortion. Menopause. Thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> First M that pops up. Ooh, let's steer away from that one. Hey. 
Obviously, the red leather jacket is Michael Jackson thing. Yeah. Like Obviously that's yeah. his. Different, but yeah, that's, yeah. Just, that's what it reminded me. I wonder me of. if he. I wonder where that came from because Kanye, as we were just talking, he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't do anything unless there's a reasoning behind it, especially for an occasion like this. Mm. Like everything's probably going to have some meaning to it. So I wonder what the meaning was behind it. Maybe it was his mother's favorite color or what, whatever it was, you know, why he chose for the field to be all white and him be all red. Like a song, one of his songs, like, dedicated to his mom or something. Oh, I'm sure. It's got to be a Don song. I'm sure. Now, this is the second, the second iteration of a Christian-based album. So Kanye actually took a different turn two years ago, I think. All of his his entire clothing line switched to like faith-based clothing. So it would say God giant across it or giant cross. And he started having Sunday service. Trev, could you pull us pull up Kanye's Sunday service for us? It took place in LA in a park and there would be thousands of people that would join. They would all wear the same outfit. Really what it was was a cult, if you want to be real. Anything could be classified as a cult, to be honest. But this was truly a cult. They would all be dressed in the same outfit that was specifically made for Sunday service. and was very oversized. Sort of took some uh, inspiration from like African culture and African garb. And... It was really cool, and it and it sort of changed fashion, and a lot of people grabbed onto that. So as you can see right here, uh-huh. so extremely oversized, extreme, and everybody wore it, and they sung, and they stand in this giant, multiple giant circles, and hold hands, and they sing, and they fucking, it's pretty wacky, dude. Yeah, like no, when watching it, it's pretty what's that, fucking weird. What's that movie that just came out recently? Uh, uh, summer, summer, whatever. I don't know, dude. Don't look at me that for movies, Doc. Straight up, what that shit is. Really? Can you go to images for us, Trev? Is he trying to start his new? Up top? Is he trying to start is that a, a new, new Jim Jones Scient- thing, dude? Is he trying to do like a, like it's a Scientology? Is he like, trying to start something? Oh where, my god! Like a, no, like like a, a Scientology, Scientology <laughs> sort of thing, or a hip hop based Scientology <laughs> yeah, thing? Yeah. 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 What's that movie, dude? Yeah, pretty wacky, pretty wacky. And those are his his. Crew. That's his disciples, dude. Those Disci- are his disciples. disciples. Yeah, yeah. No. Right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, Jones, that picture dude. right there, Trev. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty fucking what incredible picture, fuck? dude. That is a pretty amazing picture. Uh, for the listeners, we're looking at what looks to be a giant indoor service with, I don't, I, I'm a pair, apparently it's a giant circular screen it's, like a Uf- it's almost like a ufo dude, yeah. sort of yeah. like they're being sucked up into a there's like wow, going on yeah right that's but quite interesting but just not to straight i mean i guess we can straight i don't give a fuck about really but <laughs> but looking at that picture looking at what Midsommar, kanye's done that's it that's the movie Midsommar. look that up midsummer i wonder dude. i wonder what pushed him to go this direction to like switch from like because literally right before this, right before he made that switch, mm-hmm. he was actually he hosted Pornhub Awards <laughs> and uh, did a song That's with Lil Pump, which I'm sure the whole world is familiar with. He's long gone now, but he did a song with Lil Pump talking about uh, like fucking bitches was the song. Yeah. And they came out dressed as water bottles at the Pornhub Awards. He hosted it, made a song for the Pornhub Awards. 
And then all of a sudden he came out, this is what we're doing now. We're only making this music. This is what my life is based around. So it's interesting. I wonder where that switch came from. I think he must have had a philosophical religious experience or an awakening. Yeah. And uh, and he drove that. And now his art is, once again, it gets back to what we were talking about earlier. What's his top level goal? And top level goal may not have been aligned to what now it is. Maybe Maybe he's got a new top level goal. And ultimately, like, is this better than talking about fucking things without substance? Talking about fucking bullshit drugs and women and fucking you know quick popular like whatever's going on at the time quick results nihilistic sort of you know almost it it for me it's um there's a bit of a hedonism in it as a when you have a quick sort of results driven i want the pussy now i want the drink now i want this he's now probably going and rethinking his life a bit hopefully in my opinion yeah and yeah. maybe coming to some sort of higher truth for not only himself but maybe his family and his followers i wonder if he being the person he is doing things as large as he does especially being that he's in the public eye as much as he is i wonder if the decisions he makes have to be fucking grand like if i'm gonna go through with this it's got to be my entire existence. Mm. It's, it's got to become who I am. Mm. I can't do anything Absolutely. small. It's all or nothing, which I can resonate with. Yeah. It's one of my biggest fucking things. Why I was a drug addict. Why yeah. I go so I was podcasting. All or nothing for me. Yeah. I wonder if that is why he's like, this is, I'm in. I'm yep. fucking in because also, is there a piece of success? Yeah. That makes you feel as if like, well, I don't want this to go away. I need to attribute this to a higher power and not be so self-centered. This is all me. I fucking did all of this because maybe there's a feeling that this could quickly disappear. Yeah. No, I think, I think with the, uh, for me, a lot of things have been reset recently. Um, what value Mm. systems for a lot of people, I think with being locked down or what have you in different parts of the world or just working differently i think there's a lot of people that have been re looking at their life and saying what is what is higher priority for me what's real for me what's yeah. true for me so i think he probably didn't he go through a breakup recently kim kardashian and yep recently so, just fucking split up she's yeah. out while and he's out while and yeah. you know yeah so i think with that i think maybe going through that whole process mm. He probably came to grips with rock, a similar sense of rock bottom and said, mm. is what I'm doing what I want to be doing to, right. and I, what I want to leave my children and my legacy? Oh, that's a great that's, – that, that, that's a really good question. And That if, part of it. Yeah, and so if he wants to be, I don't know, out there in his occult or faith or whatever, I, would, I bet you that he has a, a – I bet you if you go to his website, he's probably got a mission statement, that faith website we were just looking at. Oh, I'm probably sure. Probably talking about it. what he's all about. I guarantee you know, it. I'm sure that's what he's all about, <laughs> and to do all the power to him as long as you know you're driving positive message. But um, no, yeah. no, that's a really good perspective. That's a great perspective. It's gotta be so so challenging to be that popular, yeah. to be that famous. Every fucking move you make, you can't even go through a divorce without the entire world talking about it. We talked about it. Yeah. Dude, everybody talked about it. Yeah. Like, you can't take a shit without people talking about it. That has got to be so fucking difficult. I don't think anybody wants that. No, no. 
do you think anybody like truly wants that maybe without knowing what that comes with what that level of fame entails maybe you would want that but i think if you're being objective yeah i think for me it's <laughs> i don't want to get back to this thing again but ultimately speaking i think he's very he's a very talented individual and when you're that talented it's you wanting to get your talents out there you wanting to make a, he's done it for himself but you can't not let who you are out and if that who you are is driving a following then he's got to own that and he's got responsibility in that yeah and you're not going to want to deprive yourself of your artistry just mm, because yeah. of it's going to bring more people if anything that'll drive you and to be a better person and say right. i want to do this for the right reasons if i'm getting this type of following but i think for him to say i this is not what i wanted is probably not the case because you always i think as a human what you love always speaks and if people follow what you love then that you're not going to stop it right you're gonna you're just gonna let it be um there's really no you're getting self-gratification from it yeah it's helping people in yeah some sense. hopefully hopefully <laughs> hopefully hopefully yeah. you're doing this for the right reason hopefully yes. you're not really trying to start a fucking cult yeah and you're like yeah. hey this yeah. is the way and i can start a cult it's like charlie manson shit yeah you know start a cult fucking let's commit suicide yep uh, not really man, the right reasons, but he had a following and he was doing what he loved. He but, did. Yeah. He, he had a following. He had people committed to him. He had people that were willing to die for him. Yeah. People yeah. willing to kill for him. Yeah. Yeah. And to follow his every fucking word, which there's a lot of very interesting stuff involved in the Manson case and which was sort of exposed by that book. I don't know if you had heard about it, but it was... Um, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the secret of the the secret societies. The, the, I heard about the, it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck! Right. I can't believe I can't not. I can. Damn it! What's the author? Fuck! That sucks. He was on Rogan. That fucking book blew that wide open. Blew the court case wide open. Trev, can you look up fucking twenty twenty Charles Manson book? CIA. I fucking goddamn, I can't remember the name or the author, but it was an incredible book. I don't know if you know much about Charles Manson or if you've ever looked into Charles Manson or conspiracy behind <laughs> Charles Manson. I don't Manson. know the motherfucker that well. So. <laughs> I, know I wish I did, dude. I've never heard of I, I have heard I had some uh, a professor in college that uh, was a, a, like a teacher of Charles Manson really? at Pelican Bay. Really? And he would talk about because he was in, he would basically have to go in and speak to these guys. And Charles Manson was out, out of control. Obviously, oh, yeah. he's a maniac. Being dosed, um, he would always call. He's always, hey, teach, hey, really? teach. He would talk to the professor that I had. Hey, teach. That was a really good lesson. Hey, teach. And at one point, there was something that the professor would always give him. I think it was like some sort of like candy bar or something. But one day, he didn't bring it. And Charles Manson went off the rails Shut and the literally was like shaking the gate. Teach, I need this, teach. Just completely went off the rails. And um, so that's as much as I know about Charles Manson because really? of what I've heard, that he was a complete maniac and he was self-centered. And if he didn't get what he wanted, he was he was a child. So, But he was very smart. Mm, very smart, obviously. Very Because he can manipulate like very. a mother fucker. But he never – he, he had never received any like – proper form of education in order to like get to that point no. which is why 
The conspiracy behind the CIA being involved with Charles Manson is so prevalent in today's society because it's like, how the fuck else? Because the CIA was currently working on different forms of mind control. How do we get into inside of people's brains without physically intruding into people's brains? And they developed a way to change people's memories without like without actually ever physically touching them, which is fucking insane to think about. <laughs> and also really scary to think about because there's no possible way they ever stopped that. It developed. Yeah. It developed into probably what it is today, which who fucking knows. <laughs> it's, you know, really goes deep down the conspiracy rabbit hole, which I'm pretty like, I enjoy conspiracies. I enjoy hearing about them. I enjoy hearing perspectives. And I enjoy hearing certain people be so passionate about them and really like they know everything about it. I would love to have somebody that's super conspiracy driven on the show. I would fucking love that. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> Maybe one of the listeners does know somebody that uh, is super involved in conspiracy. Hit me the fuck up. Don't be scared. Um, but yeah, chaos, Charles Manson and the CIA, chaos, Charles Manson and the CIA and the secret history of the sixties was the book by Tom O'Neill. And I encourage everybody currently is listening right now to go listen to the podcast that Tom O'Neill did with Joe Rogan. It was in 2020. It is hands down. I have listened to. I would say probably somewhere in the range of three to four thousand different podcasts, um, three to four thousand different episodes, not podcasts, episodes. The best episode I have ever listened to, period. The most informational, most educational. It will change your view on the CIA as a whole because there is so much proof and the way it's laid out in the book. I've also listened to the book. I haven't read the book. I won't say I read the book. I've listened to the fucking book. But the way it's laid out, um, it's not laid out for you to... The author really wants you to make up your decision. He's not trying to push his narrative on you. He's not trying to persuade you to think a certain way or to like, oh, yeah, the CIA did they do this. He's laying out the evidence. He's laying out what happened. He's laying out. He will give little like, now this is what I think. This is what could have happened if this happened. But he's not like, this is what happened. This is what you should believe, which I think is really fucking important in today's society. In a world filled with people stuffing their fucking narrative down your throat, to read something like this that was, you know, put out there to the masses on Joe Rogan's show for it not to be like that is fucking huge, especially within authors. Because let's be real, authors and uh, writers don't have the best track record for being uh, objective and to not having an agenda and not trying to side with their political party. That's what that's what this world is now. Everybody has everybody has a side they're trying to fucking side with or tribe they're trying to side with rather. But I encourage all of you to go watch or listen to the fucking episode. I have no fucking I don't I don't subscribe to the not talking about other podcasts on my podcast because it's like 
I can't not. I can't not. I love podcasts. I fucking love them. I can't not talk about them. That's where I get my inspiration from. But, Trev, give us another current event, dog. Please and thank you. Oh, my God. So, uh, hold, hold on. Hold on, Trev. Let's restart that real quick. So, let me give you guys, let me preface this video real quick before we start. So, the council, there's a city, a city council meeting being held in Alabama last weekend. There was uh, what appears to be four or five city council members sitting on the, uh, what, what would you call that? Podium? Desk? Board, board. board? Yeah, yeah. And they're in the middle of a meeting. I am not exactly sure what was said, but somebody's at the podium, uh, a member of you know, the, the town, he's speaking all of a sudden something, something is said. One thing leads to the other and I'll let you guys listen to it. Go ahead, Trev. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. That's brutal. This is 2021. We're in 2021. Now, I understand this is in Alabama, (laughs) but it's like, how far behind are you guys? Like, what? So for people listening, if you did not hear that, I will include a clip in the audio and bleep out the fucking word that was said because, well, I probably shouldn't be promoting it on my platform since, well, I am not black. So probably not something I should be putting out there. But I will put it out there with bleeped. Um, So what was said by one of the uh, council members, a white old fucking dude that's completely out of touch, evidently. The black woman sitting on the board says, I know I'm black. She's kind of got her head down as if she had, like was being insulted, clearly. He stands up, clears day, says, do we have a house inward in here? In front of everybody, in front of God and everybody. And everybody is fucking shocked. Nobody knows what to do. Like in the video, everybody probably has an idea in their head. If you would have told, if you would have told everybody in that room before they went in there, hey, about an hour in, this old fucking piece of shit's gonna stand up and say these words. What is your gonna? What's gonna be your reaction? I guarantee everybody in that room would have said, I want to stand up and fuck that dude up, or this, or that, or this, or that. The reaction that was in that room was like, I can't believe what just happened. I can't believe in this so day and age. That, any more to that video? Is that it? That's that's all the video they can put what out. Happened, yeah. What, is, what happened to him? So I actually don't know because I just copy and pasted this so we could talk about it on the show. So the mayor of Tarrant, Wyman Newton, in an executive session. Oh, this. Oh, this was the mayor. <laughs> the mayor has neither apologized or admitted he was wrong in doing this. Oh no, my god! He has no plans to resign either. Oh my fucking god, dude. The mayor of this small town in Alabama was the one to do this. 
It, well, you know, unfortunately, you know, everyone behind behind know, that town dude. is for him. Well, well, well probably. Al- yeah, probably in that town. You're you probably know, right. That, that Alabama county. is one of those places, the don't you know? doing that, everyone else is probably like, yeah, right on, dude. Like, how how do you get away with this? You live in Alabama. <laughs> like, how? What? There's got to be some action taken, right? Like, or do we just say, whoop? He's the mayor. Let him get away with it. Like, there's his higher ups got to be like, nah, dude, like what? Like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing, dude? You're out of here. You're yeah. gone, dude. Yeah. Like, he, he had that. He had to get his ass kicked. I mean, 53% of that population is of color. Okay. So that's what I was just about to say. Alabama is a really strange place because you have a clear half and half. You got some super racist people or just regular white people. You also have black people, African American population that's heavy in Alabama. Like, that's what I don't understand. How could you be this fucking dumb, racist, whatever you want to fucking call it, to just blurt this shit out? This is something that happens when super fucking racist white, old, old racist white dudes are on a hot mic somewhere in a meeting, you know, somebody leaves the room and like, yeah, fuck that fucking piece of shit. And they get caught. Yeah, well, not standing up in front of everybody. It's not like this is anything new we're talking about here. It's not. This is the past. This is history. This is American culture. Literally. From if you were to think about, it, I'm sure this guy is not in his 30s. Nope. Um, but he has been raised with that mentality, and that won't always go on, obviously, no. because. But fundamentally speaking, he. It's like your great 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 grandpa or your whatever. Whatever, whatever it was, he probably slaughtered some Native Americans. Of course, yeah. and wouldn't think twice about an eye about it. But yeah. it happened, yeah. and it's just part of history. He's a relic. <laughs> He's going yeah. to not be here in thirty years from now. He will not be, and we will have a new generation of people with a bit more compassion, compassion for <laughs> empathy. It, yeah, and, and understanding. Yeah, I think there are certain words that are obviously off limits. Yeah. But I think you cannot – I think obviously the N-word is is wrong. But we have to think in some fashion. Words have obviously very strong meanings. Yes. But nowadays – I'm going to flip this on its head a bit. Okay, um, yeah, Because totally. I think we're setting – you know, you're setting a tone of, oh, you know, this is all – you know, all the, yes, of course. Saying the N-word is bad. But what I'm yes. saying is we – I don't think from – in my opinion, I don't think that – Words such as, I mean, there are people that say like, oh, retarded. And that word 20 years ago is fine. Yeah. Of course it's bad. I know this. 10 years ago but even. Fuck. Even now, even saying your whatever, all the LGBT plus, the yeah. 42, 93, yeah. 75, the dog, it, it's starting to get almost comical how many words are being censored from our Big speech. Time. Of course, I'm not going to say the N word is appropriate. What right. I'm saying is there's another, I think, mentality too we can't get offset with is we can't be such babies with things that yeah. we're letting words impact us. Obviously, and the word word's wrong. Is the exception is to the that ex- rule? Yeah. <laughs> there are a couple the exceptions. That's yeah. the grandfather. Yeah. Right, right. You're not going to say but that one. But everyone's trying to ride But that you can't train, use that trend you know? to stop an appropriate sort of word that has always lived on to explain something like you can't say midget. Okay, well, we'll never call him a small person. Right. Um, sorry if I offended anyone with midget, but th- that's what I learned. And I now think that's midgets be- are fun with midget. I, mean, I really do. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the, I think there's a bigger conversation to be had around, yes, N-word's bad, and that's a dying thing. Yeah. People that say it are tend to be 
very old school unless you're very uh, radical white supremacist and you know sort of thing but that's very 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 remote part of the population i think they in my opinion they've expanded that and they said all republicans all whites use the n-word which is not at all the such, case it's such, such a broad it's a generalization BS narrative they're calling republicans like what do they call Republican? What, what's the new thing? Um, they're calling us, or I'm a Republican, so sorry if that offends anybody. As am I. <laughs> so f- they're calling the Republican mentality right now uh, the biggest threat to American society, bigger than terrorism. Yep. They're calling the conservative Republican white dad, lawn mowing motherfucker, yep. your worst nightmare. Yep. Get out of my face. And you balance wearing ass. And I, and I have heard... <laughs> I have fucking heard this narrative being pushed. And truly. Like that, that frightens me a bit. And so yeah. <laughs> well, I get this. I get that. But at the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah. that they're using that platform there to broad brush well doing when I say it, white American guys are trying to do the right thing for their family and for yeah. their country. And I I get that, but I don't like that being used in a broader sense of of Totally. We are. And I think that's that's something we need to explore a bit. I think part of what you're saying is like getting back to what words are. Like yeah. let's let's break this down for what it is. Like we were saying earlier, like let's break this down. Yeah. What are words? Words are essentially a way to convey feeling or intent. Like word that that is what words are. Now we are at a point in our society. I would like I would like to sit here and blame the left, but I think it's also I think the right also has a hand in it too. But we're at a point in our society to where we have total disregard and for words conveying intent or feeling or emotion or you know we we're like no 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 that that doesn't matter that doesn't matter what your intent is behind saying this word this guy's intent was completely emotional and completely illogical and wrong so we obviously that goes without saying but we've established that in this particular situation but like you're saying with other words we're no longer in a society that operates off rational thinking we and not meaning us in this room but a lot of especially fringe parts of society operate off of emotion no longer operating off logic so like you're saying the conversation i feel like needs to be had over and over and over and over of like what words are what what are words that is something we're fucking forgetting. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is some somewhat of like what you're saying as well. Like words do carry power, yes. Yes. And certain words shouldn't be said, yes. But how fucking far are we going to exactly. let that go? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We cannot continue to ride this wave of I think progressivism to a point of we've, we're losing our speech. Yep. And we're becoming watered down. Move that a little bit closer. Um, and we're becoming watered down in our Thank speech. You. I mean, what we need to understand that we have to take a stance somewhere as yep. to what, how far we can let this go. Uh, obviously, generations change and people mentality change with whatever they're enlightened with at the times. But in the current, in my current thought, in this momentum we have with where we are, we shouldn't, we should take a stance and say, no, I'm, that's a midget. I'm going to, that's a small person. That's a midget. It's, you can say the same thing. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry if that offends somebody, but you, 
there's certain words that just aren't the n-word like, status but yeah. we can't be we can't let that momentum of this progressivism take over our language i do uh, not and have, water us down i do not have malintent in no. what i am saying no like you have to understand that yeah period it's period it's, it's specific it, there's it specific words that society or the left or whatever you want to say progressivism tries to water down to where it doesn't become specific anymore small person that could be a toddler yeah that could be a, yeah. you know, i mean I'm, what are you saying right now come on let's be specific we have right. lost what is a specific specific how do you that's say that's a hard word i can't even say word. that i can never word. say it dude <laughs> i'm gonna attempt I've it butchered it on the podcast yeah, yeah. many times yeah but what i'm saying is that we need to keep some sense of specific speak to where people know what we're talking without constantly have to relearning a new progressive uh, language or skill. It's, 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 who's, it's, it's constantly changing. So, right. I mean, it's just tough to keep up with. And it's very virtuous and it's very virtue signaling being like, these are the words I use correctly. And I am siding with my tribe and this is what I do. I don't say these words because my pronouns are in my bio and like, like that is where we're at now. That's normal for giant corporations to have their pronouns in their bio. Oh yeah, which is fucking insanity. I think I forget what company it was, but they've got policies now of off-word limits, Many. charts, and words that are sitting on Many Node. You can't touch. You can't touch this word. You can't say that because that could mean this and that. And it's like, oh my goodness, where does this end? I mean, what's what's next? I mean, are it's like we're being. I mean, it's like we're being muzzled in a sense right. because we're not allowed to speak. Of what we learn because it, it has some sort of connotation to some sort of negative reaction by somebody that's already probably pretty weak in their understanding of who they are. Yes. I mean, take some responsibility and just own what you have and just let's come on, let's, let's get on with it, let's man. Let's fucking move on. Let's get back to real life. <laughs> yeah. Because this, at the end of the day, like the majority of where this type of thinking stems from really came from universities if we want to break it down and we want to go back to the beginning back to what would you say 2016 is really when all this progressivism like hardcore because progressive thinking has always been around it's always been prevalent but really when it got fringe i believe it started in evergreen college um started with evergreen college super fucking far left progressive can't say this can't say that Fuck my life. I forgot where I was going to go with this. Well, we get you. Effectively, what you're saying is that these guys wanted to push their agenda of watered down language because they are afraid it's going to piss off or hurt people's feelings. Right. And it's bled into corporation. It's bled into corporations. Because, yeah, corporations. Oh, that's where I was going to go with it. They've hired these people. Yeah. And all of these kids, which is what they are, kids with zero life experience because their parents were well off enough and established enough to afford to send them to college to a super liberal arts college, which is where they were indoctrinated into these liberal ideals and carrying them out into the world, carrying them out into the corporation, carrying them out into like these giant fucking businesses, starting businesses of them of their own that are centered around these ideas. And all of a sudden liberalism is embedded into even the fucking hardest of the fucking military it's like what what the fuck happened here what the how the fuck did we get to this point but it's unchecked when it didn't help that the left adopted the progressive ideas yeah and and like really held on to it 
because now you have a political party behind it. And now you have a political party making bills that are based around this and laws based around this and things you can't do and can't and can do. Yeah. Like that did not help us any. That escalated it. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Well, it's communism. I mean, if that's the thing. That's where the progressive goes is you get you get to socialism and then you all of a Ultimately. sudden all of a sudden you're paying so much tax and all of a sudden you've got like UK and NHS <laughs> right. and then you're freaking wrecked with all your disposable income. And then all of a sudden, at, at that point, when they, once they've gotten you to socialism, then they want to hammer you down into communism, yep. and they want to shut you up and say what you can say. And that's something where you, there has to be somebody to say this: where, where is America heading? Are we equipped? Are we equipped now? And are we equipping our children right. to have a balanced approach to contradict? Just because somebody says something on the left. You have to be able to contradict that and say, well, what about this? What is, right. You cannot let things, like you said, be unchecked. Yep. And that's where we need to continue to, to operate there. Right. Right. Exactly. Trev, we got another current event. Oh, yeah. This is a while. So, going loud. Another hip-hop-centric fucking current event here. So, as two people that have that were in a band... The stage at Rolling Loud, right before they decided to kick off, Rolling Loud, I'm, you guys both know about Rolling Loud, obviously, giant event that takes that takes place every fucking year, and the Hard Rock Stadium, at the Hard Rock Stadium, one of their massive stages came crumbling down. Now, I have no idea why this happened. I seen this and threw it into the notes that, so we could break it down and talk about it. First thing I thought it was Bryce, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got My a buddy. My buddy Bryce. Buddy that does no, about the sound and lighting. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, was he there? <laughs> <laughs> so, from an artist's perspective, I can only imagine how that made them feel. Like, holy shit, am I going to get on this stage and it's going to fall the fuck down? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, so we're, we're, I mean, you got you to gotta imagine before somebody goes live that there's like, a test to say this right. is fucking like stable. a shakedown test. Yeah, yeah, like, grab, yeah, yeah, yeah. the railings. Yeah, like, yeah, just like something that says this is good to go. But right. before they put a fucking millionaire on the stage, yeah, and somebody the, with like real fucking like all of these people are here are for this specific them, person. Yeah. yeah, you would think that there should be a check there to say that that's good to go. Um, not so, sure if that happened here. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. Were, was anybody injured, Trev? Mm-hmm. So a stage screen structure collapsed during a presentation for no Rolling Loud Miami. On July 22nd, one day ahead of the festival schedule start date, according to a festival representative, there were no injuries assaulting for the incident at Hard Rock Stadium. Okay, so that's good at least. Yeah, that's fucking good. Well, who's <laughs> responsible for this? Who's paying for the damage? For real? Probably dude. the. Uh, I'd imagine it's the contracting company that put the stage together. Wow, dude. So I'm guessing probably what happened is, obviously, if corners weren't cut. Would this have happened, or is it just like shit fails sometimes? Like accidents happen, shit fails. Yeah, well, that that kind of thing, shit can't fail. I know, dude. It's like this is a like that's a big deal. Like like setting something up like that is a big deal. Like a collapsed bridge in the sense of things. You know, you don't you bridge just you got to have some checks and make sure it's operating. I mean, you can't just throw together a piece of plywood and put an amp on it and let's go. I mean, when there's that many people involved, it's You've got to have some checks. There's and got to be. And, hope, and it sounds like that didn't go through the appropriate checks. And about, uh, is, there, is there anything that's like the root cause? Like of why, why it happened? 
I'm sure Trev will find it for us. Like, oh, the bolt came out. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like, what the fuck could Fucking have even happened? Yeah. Oh, to put or, it maybe it's like, or maybe, like, there's some, there's some metal that got... I don't know, clamped wrong, and it was like kind of yeah. flimsy or something that. Or fucking Billy Joe fucking rammed into it with his fucking F one fifty trying to make a statement. In, too many Harleys uh, came in on stage right, and right. overloaded <laughs> one section. It doesn't say it was just saying that it was the giant screen that's behind him that they put their okay. stuff up yeah, on. Yeah. It fell over onto the stage. And oh, no, no one was shit. on the stage at the Dude, can you imagine, dude? That sounds like somebody trying to cover their ass is what that sounds like. Well, they start talking about the weather and about how it was going to rain and they had 40 Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Somebody's really trying to cover their ass. Uh, Dude, diversion, (laughs) swerve. They're like, yeah, the weather and the fucking, you know, the dicks and the fucking... The fucking seagulls took it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Threw a shit on it. Wow, dude. As an artist, I know directly after this, directly after this on Twitter, you've seen uh, this person dropped out this person dropped out. This person dropped yeah, out. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, dude. Those yeah. are big names. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of money. Lots oh, yeah. of money. You're yeah. paying these people hundreds of thousand dollars to come oh, yeah. perform at Rolling Loud. Yeah. Big fucking deal. But what I was thinking, I was like, for sure, there's some rush. Like, this is a giant event with multiple stages. Dude, that was probably the eighth fucking stage they set up that day, you know, or that week. Like, dude, let's get this bitch together. I don't give a fuck how you got to do it. Just get it done. Yeah, that's pretty fucking wild. Pretty fucking crazy. As two people that are... Are you ever a former musician or are you a musician for life? Is it kind of like the military? Like, once a Marine, always a Marine? Like... Once a musician, always you can probably pick up an instrument and no, remember how to play it, right? But, I mean, you could be a former musician. Like to me, if somebody says former musician, that's like, oh, I was, I did it professionally or as a, oh, okay, as a, you know, some sort of over above and beyond hobby, I guess. I don't know. Like I, to me, I don't know. You could play guitar in your room and not do shit about it, and you could be called a musician. It just oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So what when level? You use the I guess word former, like you automatically assume, like oh yeah, you did something with it. Mm, you played right. a show or two, or like. I've never heard in conversation go. Yeah, this is my friend. He was a former musician. Yeah, I've never right. heard well, that's that. What I mean, said. like when it's you either hear that, you're a musician or you're not. Right. When you hear former yeah. musician, like the first thing you think of is like you were in a band. And you played shows, yeah. and now you don't. If right. you just say, "Oh, he's a musician," like, "Oh, maybe he plays guitar on the weekend," or he goes to right. The That's bar what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Like, like, former is just where you lose it. You know, it's just a different like. Right. If I were to I sit here and say musician, do you do you still play anything at all? Uh, for me myself, I'll pick up a guitar once in a while. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, as dope. growing up, I mean, yeah, we always. So Gabe and I, obviously, we talked about this before, but we were in a we were in a band, and he was drummer. I was guitarist. We had a other buddy. Rice is guitarist, another guy, Dan, who was a bassist and the lead singer. And we would literally, we'd play probably at least, at least once or twice a week in garage. And then we'd do shows and stuff. Right. And get around Northern California and we'd have fun at it. We were only like 14 to 16, you know, so it, was some, it was like a, it was like a high school sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, I still pick it up every now and then it's acoustic stuff. Now I'm really into like, that's kind of like just 12 strings and that kind of thing. That's but dope. Mostly yeah. just small acoustic stuff. I listen to metal still, but I'll never pick up. I've never picked up my guitar and just like jammed out because one, I've got kids and they're gonna it's gonna break the walls down. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, for me, it's just acoustic stuff. At the but moment. for your wife, my wife, have you 
played some acoustic for your wife. Yeah. Possibly no. sitting there naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just for me. Definitely with a shirt off, getting a bottle of oh, wine. Going. Yeah. So I, yeah. Think it's, See, I think it's gone. I think it's gotten there before, but I've never. Always, put some oil on the back of the guitar. Yeah. yeah. As, a, as a kid, I, the, my passion was guitar. So yeah. growing up, I probably played, I probably played guitar for like four years, three years, maybe. I also skateboarded at the time and raced bikes. And settled my hand and a lot of different things as a child, but it was always something that I loved and I was crazy passionate about it. Slowly, skateboarding took that over, and then drugs took that over. And I tried to pick up a guitar, maybe probably six, six, four to six years after that. Well, it was not like riding a bike, and <laughs> I could not remember a single fucking chord, and I was blown away by it truly because. I had like made some pretty good progress for how young I was because I, my, my, one of my really good friends, he was older. He taught me how to skate, taught me how to play guitar. Maybe he was trying to groom me to rape me. Don't know. Cause he was way fucking older. So that could have been a thing. Been. I was 10. He was like 25. Hey, um, that could have been, could have been, very, been. Very, very also. Uh, okay. Okay. Now that I think about it. He also took me to his apartment. Mm-hmm. No, okay, now members are coming back here. Uh, okay, this is getting weird. Yeah. Uh, Might have got raped. Weird. We're going to find out as I dive more this into next this. episode. So, members are coming back here. <laughs> I rode all the way across town. Why my mom let me do that as a fucking nine-year-old? I have no idea. I was in fifth grade. I don't know what, how old I was at the time, but probably nine or ten. Um, remember, I remember him taking me to his apartment. remember him showing me chords, showing me his skateboards and shit. Like, shit that he knew I'd be into, because I was. I don't think anything was weird until I specifically remember him showing me how to play porno-style music. Ah, little jazz. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was so dope, because as a child, that was like, I, I didn't have much introduction to porn. I remember the, the magazines in my grandma's garage that were my uncle's. I remember those stashed in an old Studebaker beautiful fucking studebaker mm-hmm. in his in the garage uh and i and i can specifically remember that so i remember telling him i didn't really know what that was he proceeded to show me what that was mm, like put video, on right? porn to show me the music put on 70s porn which had that music and it's still yeah. modern day porn didn't have that anymore no, that no. was what 2000 probably 2000 fucking fire no 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 had it been 2002 probably when he showed me that but yeah yeah, thinking about that was a little weird that was a little weird if it escalated he probably would have i probably would have had a dick in my ass as a 10 year old (laughs) like just a a minor rape yep minor rape that one minor rape yeah but that's okay maybe i did maybe i did maybe i'm blocking it out yeah that's what i'm wondering are you blocking that out blocking out the rape i'm really Hmm. hoping you are Ah, to be continued, you might have to do some self-introspection. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do some fucking do some soul pill. searching. I'll talk to my therapist about it. Yeah. Maybe slip the pill and you forgot. <laughs> uh, dang it. Um, that went way off the rails. I don't know where that yeah, went. So uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, I was, asked, I was asking you guys. <laughs> I was asking you guys, were you guys ever raped? That's basically where I'm That's going a, with this. You could have just said I that. was never raped. No. Not that I remember. <laughs> That's true. I remember one time <laughs> oh, God. when I was like five. And we had, um, we were living in Reading at the time. And I think it was a girl that was watching. She was like 10 years old, but she was like our neighbor friend that was like watching us. Okay. So I remember one time I, 
I think I don't know if she was like putting us to sleep, but she definitely rubbed my back. Okay. And I felt as a five year old, I felt that to be slightly odd, I guess. Okay. Maybe it was because I didn't know her, but that's the closest thing I have to rape. I have a story like that, and it was legitimate rape. I've been raped. I've been raped on two occasions. So one, the first occasion was I. I was okay with it. It wasn't a big deal. Not the very first one. I would say the second one, but the first one I'm going to talk about. The second one, I was in high school. We were at Clear Creek. We were camping. I was on Molly. I was on a bunch of other drugs. I was sleeping with a fire. I just fell through the fire into the river. Drug out of the river from drowning. Set by the fire to dry out. It was summertime. It wasn't a big deal. I was blacked out. I don't remember that. She climbed on top of me. Sucked me off. Got me to the point to where she could just jam it inside her fucking gross little hatchet wound. And my boys were like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? Grabbed her off of me. Threw her in the tent. My buddy's in the tent. She rapes my buddy as well. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What are you huh. fucking doing? I told this story on the podcast in depth before, yep. long ago. Anyways, the second, the second one, and I haven't thought about this until just now. I had a babysitter. We were living down south at the time. We were living in Asperia, which is what we call up the hill from Pomona, California, Ontario, Pomona, Chico, that area. We were living in Asperia. We were living in a trailer at the time. I remember my parents going out. They were going somewhere for a few days. We had a babysitter that was extremely attractive. I had to have been probably about eight years old at the time. I would always hit on her. Hmm. I remember she smoked marbles. Fucking crazy. I can't, I can't believe I can remember these details. She had tattoos. She was crazy attractive. And that was like my, like, one of my first introductions to understanding that I was attracted to women and like mm. what that was. And like, I was trying to flirt with her. I was climbing on her back, like, you know, like harmless kid shit. Mm. Uh, before that, the only attraction I probably had was probably to like a family friend or a cousin or something. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah, like you at know. that age, you have no concept of wild what there. that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I remember, I remember watching like Shrek with her. I can. <laughs> fucking remember i I don't this is so crazy that these memories come back like this like what your your memory sparks something inside of me you know Mm -hmm. i remember watching shrek with her sitting on the couch my brother my younger brother which is two years younger than i am going to sleep uh my other brother lucas my stepbrother ex i don't know stepbrother whatever it doesn't matter um he was also asleep and i i specifically remember her grabbing my leg and kissing me now remember i am extremely young i'm extremely fucking young i was hyped i was hyped i was fucking like i was like oh this is crazy like i don't remember though if like i was if i had like initiated that if i had been the one to be like like trying or like, you know, just doing kid shit, like not knowing, just naive, not understanding that this, this woman is way fucking older than I am. And that's why she did it. But like, is that considered rape? What would you guys think? I think, I think overall that's probably considered rape technically. Touching your, yeah, touching touching your leg inappro- and inappropriately. Yeah. Right. Like oh, technically, it's but very, it's from a, from an older female to a younger just male. Sexual, sexual harassment. From an older female to a yeah. younger male, 
in my eyes. Of course, yeah, you're not going to see like, that as bad. You know, if it reversed, it'd be completely different. Right, completely different. The I double standard. That rape, yeah, uh, the double standard. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But it's fun to classify as rape. Just to, it <laughs> sounds good for the story. Yeah, but, I, I, I so, got raped. So does that does that impact you now? Do you think nowadays no. does that does that sort of thing? Do you think that I don't know? Just gonna throw it out. Are you are you attracted to women that are always with tattoos mm. or smoking or? Are you attracted to women that have that sort of tendency with you. things? Or? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm attracted to redheads. I love redheads. Always half. That's why I think Travis is so attractive. Um, <laughs> that's why he's still here. I just like to look at him. I was, was going to say, there had to be another reason. We can yeah. leave if you want. <laughs> um, Brandon's always trying to get at my butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I am attracted to women with, tat- with tattoos. I have always been attracted to the sexiness of like a woman smoking a cigarette. Now, mm. some people that's repulsive. Yeah. Some people that's just like, don't even look at my direction. For me, it's uh, never been like that. Yeah. I, I've always thought that like that line, I, maybe it stems from uh, knowing that like, okay, you're making bad decisions and so am I. So maybe we're okay for each other here. Yeah. Because there's a piece of that as a woman, like smoking cigarettes, like, oh, what a bad decision. You're on a dead end road. Yeah. Financially, health wise, that's a dead end road. But maybe you got some issues and so do I. So maybe there's a little piece of that that I'm attracted to. Yeah. Like the self-worth not feeling as if I am worth somebody like that's better than that because I thought that's an issue I think that everybody has yeah. maybe yeah. like identifying your self-worth within relationships and your spouse that you're choosing yeah. unless you're mature enough to go into a relationship understanding who you are as a person typically it doesn't happen because the beginning of your relationship uh, the beginning of your, your first relationships take place in high school mm-hmm. where you're very immature you don't know who you are you don't mm-hmm. know what you want so Possibly. That's a great fucking question. And I know the, like, uh, what do they call that? Like sexual imprintation, the mental yeah. imprinting. Yeah, I'm sure. That, yeah. uh, that like sexual interactions as at a young age, they yeah. sort of determine where you're going to be your preference. your preference. Yeah. And I think there's some, I think what I was learning, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but oh, I think, <laughs> I think there's also some sense of, you know, you have to look at, you know, you're, as a boy, a young boy, I think they have like for Freud and stuff, you know, there's a, there's a Freudian, they call it Freud, you know, Freudian slips and all the various things with Freud that came up with. But he's, he said, I think sexually you are always ten, tending to, to be attracted to somebody like your mother. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so it made me think, um, with your mother, it sounds like she, when you were nine, she wasn't always watching over you when you were nine. Definitely not. And you were and a bit of a progressively were, worse. Yes. And yeah, you got, you know, you did, you did what you did and you're, and that's what it is. But uh, what I'm wondering is if that, that, you know, your mother being the way she is, that, that, you found that mm. that your mother is somebody that you'd be attra- attracted to in that sense, or at least somebody that is your feeling of belonging is different yeah. than what maybe a normal relationship should be. Cause that's what you've, you've always come to know growing up. Maybe, maybe because I know it definitely is like that for women. Yeah. Women typically find a partner that is, you know, like their father. Yeah. Or, yeah. and I've heard that for males, they might typically gravitate towards women that are, you know, like their moms, yeah. like their mothers, yeah. which is totally normal, totally natural, not always healthy, especially <laughs> if your mother is not 
the uh, most ideal role model. And I hesitate to talk shit about my mom because before I would, and I have on this podcast, it's well-documented, (laughs) well-documented. But, uh, you know, as we get further in the podcast, I, I do hesitate a little bit. But that that's a good point, possibly. Possibly, to answer your question, possibly. There's a piece of that. Now, let me ask you guys, like, on that same subject, with your your wife, correct? It is your wife? I have a wife, yeah. Okay, She's okay, Canadian, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know if, like, fiancé, girl, wife? She's okay. wife, yeah. Got wife, it, yeah, perfect, yeah, okay. So, with your, your guys' wives, do you think that you have picked your spouse based off of either or either like your first sexual experience or maybe uh like attributes coming from your mother or things like that honestly no no I, <laughs> nope i honestly can say that i that none of that came from like to my to my self-knowledge like to where like i'm thinking about that like can't like relate at that at so all to mother maybe but like to for me to physically think about that, I would, I would 100% say no. Is Kyla, Kyla like is not, sorry, I what? shouldn't probably have said her name in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I try not to say people's names on the podcast that have never been on the podcast. Cause I don't know. I don't yeah, know how they but, feel about it, you know? I'm not worried about it. Um, so you, you don't think that Kyla has any like relation in her personality or the things she does or anything like that? Like that is similar to your mother, um, or maybe the way I, she I mean, runs her or runs see, your guys' that, house. To me, that's a loaded question because you could find any similarities with well, anybody. Well, the thing about she, it too is Gabe's speaking in front of Kyla. No, I get that. I don't, yeah. I'm not worried to say okay. anything to you. I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. <laughs> so honest, I want to bias to say I can right. leave. No, yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, what would you want me to say? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, to to me, it's like I could sit here and pick things out that that are similar to my mom because you're asking me that okay that's okay. a loaded question right right, right. i you see you're saying I mean? that's not fair and then you mentioned like past experiences she's far from anything i was ever with before right because they were all fucking psychos you no know totally I mean? totally so like i guess yeah I, no i don't i i don't see with that. the past experiencing i think i more mean like like way before your first relationship like like, is there anything that stands out to you? Like that, like that mental imprinting thing is so important with relationships. Like, like you were trying to get with, with me, you know, like trying to break down. Is yeah. there anything that yeah. could have happened? Yeah. That would determine your choices later in the kind of women you chose. Yeah. For me, I think there's obviously, you're obviously sexually attracted to your wife or a per, your partner or of your course. girlfriend. You're obviously going to find that. And so, the question is, what are you sexually attracted to? Um, and a lot of the sexual attraction, where, where do you get your sexual attraction from? So I think it's a psychological question. Right. So, and that tends to be, you know, you get to your Freud's, like I said before. So I think for me, um, I, like, like Gabe, I can associate tendencies of my wife to my mother. Okay. Um, so certainly there is that I can, I can easily determine points where my wife is like my mother, but certainly there are points where she isn't. But right. I think from a sexual preference perspective, I think the um, I think you do gain who your wife will be from how you grew up and what you saw as attractive. You saw cigarette, you know, cigarettes as being attractive. Yeah. Uh, Gabe might not have. He might have seen right. just normal everyday 
just womanhood is being attractive. Yeah, right. I found <laughs> I found for some reason <laughs> for some reason my wife's Eastern European, so I I found her to be very sexually attractive because okay. maybe I'm I'm Native American, so it's different for me. It's exotic for me. Okay, got so it. that's something for me. It was maybe an exotic sense for me, right? Um, that I'm not used to, and I've always liked adventure, and I've always liked to do what I've always liked to do and get out and explore life. And that makes a lot of sense for so sure. That's kind of maybe where. That's how I landed, I guess. It's pretty wild that preference varies yeah. so widely yeah. from me to you to you to Trev. Like, yeah. none of us have the same preference. We can all agree on like what is attractive and what isn't. Yeah. And beauty is always going to be in the eye of the beholder, obviously. But when you're talking about sexual attraction, like black or white, I think like we can all sort of agree like this is attractive, this isn't. But... I think oftentimes when you're looking for like a long-term partner, a lot of those things get pushed to the side and you're like, what are like, what am I actually attracted to? What do I want in a woman? What do I want in like, is this woman going to be a good mother to my children? Mm -hmm. Is she going to be a good homemaker? Like, is she going to make this house into a home? Is she going to make me feel wanted and feel as if like, give me enough is she going to be independent enough but also submissive enough to give me the power to run this household as a man because you know that's still really important in this or should be really important in this day and age which i think partially like we were saying earlier might need to be reiterated consistently to keep that family unit not saying that women shouldn't have independence and shouldn't make their own money and shouldn't have their own career. A lot of people that think that they shouldn't and that they should remain like super submissive in the household. Then like it's more prevalent than you might think. (laughs) Surprisingly, (laughs) something I'd recently just discovered. Um, I believe his name is Kevin Samuels. He's fucking wacky individual that, uh, I, I don't remember where I was going with that, but I think, I think that that, overall is something that is pretty fucking pretty fucking crazy pretty important pretty amazing that preference could vary like that yeah i think it drives i mean we are humans we have our preferences ultimately speaking you're going to choose what you know best and what you've seen but i think you hit on a a valid point though with what is there's sexual attraction as to having sexual intercourse but at the same time there's also the bigger question of, is this woman going to drive, is it going to be something for the family? Is it going to be long-term? For the, how is she going to be a mom to my son or my daughter? So there's, there's definitely a bigger dynamic than just sexual attraction definitely. when a when a choice of partner comes. And, um, and that needs to be looked at holistically. Um, is she going to be a fighter? Or is she going to be passive? Or right. Is she going to be somebody that if your son gets called out and, you know, she's going to be on it and right. say, you know, get the fuck away from my son. You know what I'm saying? So right. you, the, all these different sort of attractive things aren't, that's only half the picture. The yeah. other half is how is she going to be in the Real sustainability life. of your life yeah. Yeah. and your family unit and you, with your friends, with your, your, how is she going to interact with everybody around Definitely. you? So basically, it's, it's one basically of those. looking at how someone benefits your quality of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What absolutely. can you add? What yeah. can you add? What added benefit can you bring to my life? And how can I add benefit to your life? How can we, as a team, build a life that we are 
both happy with? And are you the right person to do this with? Now, yeah. on some level, do you think that that goes back to like sort of like primordial? Do you think that's a primal thing in the way that we choose our spouse? Do you think that just there's little things that we look for because I've heard with studies and things like that, I've heard that in the ways that we choose our partners, part of that is primal. Part of that is like when we see wide hips, <laughs> like that is a sign of, oh, like you like fertility, like you can have a child, you can birth a child. When we see giant fucking tits that aren't fake, like you can feed a child. Like some of these things are very primal. What do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think that that, like that's legit? Do you think? Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. I think that, I think that the primordial, what you say, or the primitive or the, yeah. the emotional or the, 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 the part of your brain that ignites the, that initial attractiveness look, immediately looks for mm. those traits. Yeah. Yeah. But then as I think it builds from that point, you cannot, it's right. like you almost, it's like a prereq. Right. And then from there, you need then to have, additional characteristics which match your which match your your preference right like here's your primal instincts this is what you have to work with this is who you're attractive to whether it be male or female yeah and now all of your experiences are going to make up what you are attracted to like this is this is your baseline here you go yeah that's a great point yeah baseline and then step up and then step up from <laughs> yeah. there yeah, yeah, yeah i think that's a great way to end this fucking podcast Thank you so much for coming on. I had a pleasure being fucking here. awesome time. This podcast was perfect for like the start of rebranding this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the fuck out. I hope that we can have you back on. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm happy anytime to come back on. Hopefully you're not, you don't leave here and be like, fuck that shit. I was fucking <laughs> no, dumb as hell. No. Any, I appreciate it. If anything, it, it's good conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you yeah. for filling in you're for these couple last couple weeks don't while Brandon's been out. <laughs> Maybe I'll just kick Brandon out altogether and be like, yeah, Gabe, you're <laughs> obligated. I don't care how busy just you are let's now. Let's get him on the next one and I'll show up first and I'll be sitting here. Yeah. Oh, dude, like, that's a dominant yeah. move, dude. Like, oh, what's up, man? Like, He'd probably right? just walk out. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing to my spot? <laughs> You're here yeah, twice, dude? What the fuck? You can get the third wheel spot like I am today. Or I'll just sit like right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just get him a mic. All right, guys. Uh, this has been another episode of F&T. Episode 50 fucking two. Thank you, Trev. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Forrest. We are out of here. Later.